0: okay before we talk about pitch black good morning everyone um i have to mention that i did watch the director's cut of riddick and that is me your host diego crespo along with my co-host matt garingo
1: Hi, that is me.
0: Yeah, I didn't tell you I I ended up watching it. I said I was going to, but there was always a chance I wasn't going to, Mm -hmm. and I did, so I have some thoughts. It's one sentence. You ready?
1: On the director's cut of Riddick. Mimic. Oh, Mimic. All right. You know what? We made a mistake of doing two movies back to back. I know. (laughs) They both have director's cuts, and they both have very similar words in the title.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, right, tell
1: me about the director's cut of Mimic, our previous episode.
0: Yeah, it is totally like better in the sense that yeah. you you can feel more of the apocalyptic like dread in yeah. the, like the air of that movie. Like there there is clearly an attempt at making something grander than a mutated than bugs is. movie. Yes, yeah, and that is absolutely of which, a the strange...
1: Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. <laughs>
0: We'll get there. Um, I just want to say I still don't like it that much. Um, okay. But it fine. is not a bad movie, and it is better than the already not bad movie that most people have seen in the theatrical cut. So I just want to give it credit. Words due. That was all.
1: Has this been the rare, Phil uh, blockbuster season where it seems like I'm liking more movies than you are? Yes. That's strange. That is so strange.
0: Now, do you think that's going to happen today, too?
1: Um... I don't know. I didn't, you know what? I didn't bother to look up what if you had written anything about the Chronicles of Riddick. I
0: I don't think I've written anything about the Riddick trilogy.
1: I saw you had a post for Pitch Black because I kind of wanted to see what the vibe of Pitch Black was uh, these days. That's a strange little movie.
0: It is. Uh, I think people are like, I think people are generally fans of Pitch Black, like the whole trilogy, but. I think Pitch Black is kind of the one people like, that's the one that's, like, the fucking business. Um, And I do really like Pitch Black. I mean, we can kind of talk about the whole trilogy while talking about Chronicles of Riddick. Although, fucking, Chronicles of Riddick has a lot
1: to talk about. No, yeah, we got a lot. Although, (laughs) I don't know how much, because it's, like, one of those where, like, I don't know if we we both, I don't know if we're going to talk about the plot that much. Like, it's more just a a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Um, Because
1: I... Uh, I think similar to... There's been a lot of weird that I just did not expect of overlapping themes in our episodes. Because um, this also... This contains kind of what the Final Fantasy thing had with just uh, the plot itself is very simple. You know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and It may be how it conveys its plot is not. Which is either a flaw or kind of what makes the movie interesting, depending on how you look at it.
0: Yeah, so from the top... Vin Diesel's Dune, excuse me, Chronicles of Riddick, uh hey. directed by David Twohy, returning to write and direct the sequel to Pitch Black, uh, will also eventually return to write and direct the third entry, Riddick, uh, that came out in two thousand thirteen. The, the
1: allegedly in the works fourth one.
0: Along with a spin off series.
1: Right did now you, they're, they're working on a spin off yeah, series? Yeah, did you
0: know about this? I don't I don't I don't know. There's no, something hadn't
1: heard anything.
0: Yeah, so I'll, just, I'll mention it right now, just since I brought it up. Uh, David Twohy is working on something called Merc City. So I'm assuming that is related to the Riddick stuff. All right. Be- because half the people in these movies, they call mercs because they're mercenaries. And yeah. when, when you're 13, the, the word merc sounds really cool if you play this a lot is, of Call this of Duty. This is
1: peak just 13-year-old. This, this is, That's what this movie is, mm-hmm. is 13-year-old. All these ideas sound cool. Although another overlap, as we're speaking of spinoff, is that uh, the people who worked on Final Fantasy and Spirits Within, I talked about working on The Matrix. Yes. Uh, there is a short animated, uh, it's listed as an OVA, which I find very funny, <laughs> uh, Chronicles of Riddick Dark Fury, which is a short that's supposed to explain what happened between uh, Pitch Black and the Chronicles of Riddick. And it is done... By the guy who worked on uh, Who created Aeon Flux
0: Yes, Peter Chung
1: Yep, and they also Did a short for the Animatrix
0: It's all coming together
1: It really is The only one that oddly I don't think we found any overlap with Is uh, The Last Action Hero Yeah But I think we might find it today
0: Oh You think so?
1: It'll be my way to criticize Last Action Hero more, but I think we'll find it.
0: No, no. Okay, before we we get into it, I just have to say, I know it seems a little, like, scattershot. I tend to be scattershot on here, but it seems like even more so today that I brought up the entire trilogy when talking about Chronicles of Riddick. (laughs) Pitch Black and Riddick are generally standalone, like, action horror thrillers, right? Like, there's elements of horror in Pitch Black uh Riddick not so much. It really is like a like well, an that's... adventure thriller. Um yeah. they the genres are are very different from what goes on in Chronicles of Riddick, which is like a full on sci-fi epic. Mm-hmm. Um and I find it fascinating that like a sequel like this wouldn't get made today. If you make Pitch Black at like a Blumhouse or something, right? They're not gonna finance Chronicles of Riddick. They're going yeah, like, to finance Pitch Black 2, Dark Ascendance, or whatever. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're not going to be like, get bigger with it, you know? Yeah, and but, not just you know bigger, be, but
0: fucking like, like it, this is a huge movie. You
1: no, know it is, but you know what might be the exception to that rule? What? Uh, Happy Death Day 2.
0: Oh, kind of, but it doesn't get that much it's, bigger. I get what you're saying, stays, though.
1: But it still it still stays in that horror pocket, right? Like, yeah. It's still technically a horror film, but it is a, A, it's it's very different than the first Happy Death Day, and B, it is, it gets bigger, which isn't what normally happens in, like, a Blumhouse-style sequel, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes they get bigger, but even when they do it, like, you don't always feel that it's bigger, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, the other ones might be, like, The Purge, but they never really st- stray from their formula, you know?
0: No, yeah. But those, I think those are another good example, frankly, because Purge 1, everyone's big criticism was like, who gives a fuck about this house? We want to see what's going on out there. And they're like, fine, we'll fucking do that. And to their credit, they do it.
1: (laughs) I think the Purge, the smart thing the Purge does as a franchise is they kind of understand something that maybe the Chronicles of Riddick didn't, that uh, it's going to take people a minute to kind of get your premise, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're asking people to accept a lot. So let's keep the location Really small and really sparse, right? Yeah. And then once that, once this kind of idea, like once people get it, then we can get bigger with the sequel because then everyone is going to show up to the next movie knowing what's going on, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you could argue that's what they tried to do with Pitch Black, leading in the Chronicles of Riddick, but I don't, I don't think that that's they really succeeded at all in that regard. In right? that
0: regard, I would agree with you
1: um chronicles of reddick feels barely connected to pitch black but i don't mean that as a real criticism you know
0: yeah that is not a criticism um yeah. there's god yeah, there's there's like so much to like jump into um
1: well i guess I, like i said uh gosh. so i'm assuming you like chronicles of reddick
0: Yeah, I like this movie. I have some major notes, obviously, about stuff that maybe could be ironed out and are not really ironed out in the director's cut, which I also Mm -hmm. like. Um, But I do like this movie. And I think it's the weakest of the trilogy. But I do like it and I'm really glad it exists because it's very strange.
1: I'll say this, I didn't get a chance to rewatch Riddick, which I, I think I only saw once in theaters, but really liked. Mm-hmm. Riddick being the third one. This is a confusedly titled uh, series.
0: I know. Well, now they're all, just really quick, they're all uh, uh, titled with Chronicles of Riddick, and then the, the sequel title is the subtitle. So it's like, Chronicles of Riddick, Pitch Black. Chronicles, Chronicles of Riddick the, Riddick, just...
1: the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. It doesn't it doesn't make it better, we'll guys. We'll talk about
1: the title itself in a little bit. Like there's so much <laughs> there's it's almost like they they set themselves up to fail in a lot of ways. But um I'll just say this rewatching Pitch Black, an incredibly solid movie. Um I liked Chronicles of Riddick more. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did, like, I'm not, it's not a diss at Pitch Black, which is an incredibly solid movie. Um, It's just, I think it is the, the bigger scale of Riddick that impressed me. Whereas I have seen the movie Pitch Black done a lot of times, right? It's Alien. Um, It's, well, here's what's cool. This is what makes it one of the best Alien sequels. Mm -hmm. It's, someone went, what if we did Alien, but then Snake Plissken just showed up yes that's exactly what that movie is what if it was alien but uh conan the barbarian was there that's that's the plot of pitch black and that's an excellent idea you know um and it's just i don't know it's something about like once they kick it into so I guess I've just seen that movie before. Like I've seen I've seen enough Alien ripoffs that I think Pitch Black kind of doesn't deliver on the monsters themselves as much. Although I really like the idea of the monsters, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And a they lot
1: of that that. a lot of it is the early CGI of it all, which at times is really charming, and at times it's like it's kind of the gray corridor problem of final fantasy spirits within of like, well, they can only do so many shapes and colors with CG back then. <laughs> like, mm, Yeah. Uh, although the opening shot of pitch black, uh, it made me a little nostalgic for the way we used to make space look in movies where like we, we made it look a lot more colorful than we usually do now with yeah. CG. Um, and like, if you tried it now, audiences would reject it, but I kind of miss it.
0: I miss it too. Um, I mean, that's one of the things I like about like Valerian, which is made by a terrible person who should be in prison at the very least, we right?
1: We now brought up, I think, a few times on this series. Um, I think we brought him up recently, didn't we?
0: We probably did, but it's the most recent one that comes to mind. I could have said Interstellar, and I love that movie, but it's not very like colorful in the sense that but you're speaking of.
1: But also, Interstellar is not a... Interstellar
0: is not a... It's not fantasy. Star... It's not space fantasy. Yeah.
1: It's not, yeah, it's not a Star Wars type story. Yeah, it's
0: full-on, like, hard science fiction where no one's talking to theoretical physicists and shit, you know? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his attempt to do a hard sci-fi movie. Yeah. And, um,
0: but I, I, I just bring that up just because it was like, oh, space is colorful and shit. And it's weird that it's I didn't bring up watch, Star Wars.
1: You watch <laughs> no. something like Guardians and they, they don't make space look as colorful, you know? Yeah, like, it's like
0: the second one, that's like... That's the thing for that one. And then even then, it's like, oh, it's it's all a digital facade because the whole father's and son shit. And
1: Well, yeah, but that's when yeah. they actually get to the planet. Like, planets can still be colorful in these things, but I'm talking about, like, space itself.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like, I'm talking about, like, when you see, like, an asteroid belt, it's almost like there's no consideration to what it would really look like. There's almost just, like, we just have to do this establishing shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Star Wars prequels have this look, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. There's one thing George Lucas seemed obsessed with in those prequels is we have to show every single spaceship land. Like every, there's so many shots in those movies of a, spa, of a spaceship flying to the planet and then flying to the docking bay and then landing.
0: <laughs> Look, if it works, it works. I guess. And maybe you think it doesn't work, which is also fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know.
1: Here's, here's my... Just to throw it out there. I don't think you need those three specific shots in that order after the big battle in Attack of the Clones when fucking Dooku goes to meet with Palpatine.
0: Maybe not. Yeah.
1: There's just sometimes you're like you don't need it, but hey, um, guy has his uh, what he likes. <laughs> yeah, likes what he likes.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure David Twi was probably very inspired by Star Wars. Well, mm-hmm. um, although
1: a lot of this franchise seems very. ...pointed in avoiding Star Wars cliches. Uh, yes. Which is, I think, yes. the uh, appeal of them is that they don't... They don't feel like Star Wars in any capacity.
0: Yeah. Um, and, obviously, the Alien mention, I gotta mention David Toy's background with that franchise, which you talked yeah. about way back when, with the Alien 3 episode. Uh, David Toy's one of the guys who did a draft of Alien
1: 3. Mm-hmm.
0: I think everyone in Hollywood did a draft yeah, of Alien like Three everyone, at that point.
1: Like, did something with Alien Three? Yeah, which might explain that movie. Believe it or not, and
0: I believe he had the Prison Planet stuff. Um, mm-hmm. That was one of his drafts, which is which winds up in the movie. But there are so many versions of it, I don't even know if he's credited officially or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's very clear that that is the version that he was attached to. Because all these movies kind of have a, a stuff with that, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> the well, that's, hard that's edge, weird. like prisoner stuff.
1: What what felt weird about Riddick, a movie I really like, is that it felt like them trying to get Pitch Black correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. there's they they are specifically doing a lot of the same visual ideas in Riddick that they did in Pitch Black, but it feels like they're trying to do it better. I don't know if that was more an attempt. To just be like, this is what Riddick does. Like, they wanted to really establish Riddick as a character. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, because that's what that movie felt like. It was like, the Fast and Furious franchise is back. Then, let's see if we can make as much money with a Riddick movie as we do with a Fast and Furious movie. And that movie made money, but it wasn't the monster hit I think they were hoping for.
0: Yeah. Uh, and to and be fair, just, like, neither was Pitch
1: Black. Neither was Pitch Black. But Pitch Black had a lower budget, mm-hmm. you know? Um it's one of those weird things where *Chronicles of Riddick* is technically the highest-grossing of the series, but it is the one real one that really flopped because of the high budget. Um, but I mean, they tried the same with—remember when they brought *Triple X* back?
0: Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
1: Xander Cage. Yep. Um, and that was another one where they were like, "Let's see if we can do *Fast and Furious* numbers," and it made like 300 million, but it didn't. It didn't set the world on fire. You
0: no. Know? But now, because that, since you brought it up, Return of Xander Cage cost eighty five million, it made almost three hundred and fifty million. That would be a hit in this
1: new world post like um like the last three years. Well, I, think, I think that's why Riddick's coming back. Uh huh. I think that's why we're seeing uh, I think now is the time for Riddick to rise. Um what what you call the next movie because it is now this franchise has one of the weirdest naming conventions of all time. Yeah. Um, I can't help you there. Yeah, but uh... I
0: think the next one's called Riddick Furia because that's the planet he's trying to get to. Yeah, why not? Yeah, so I guess they're finally getting there. Mm-hmm. Three but, decades uh... later.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it should be one of those things where, like, I mean, it's uh, it should be kind of like the Dark Tower where it's just a MacGuffin that never get to, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe that that's the plan, and then now they're like, let's just fucking do it because this is probably our last one because David Twilley yeah. is an older guy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: he's 67 yeah so and but, i'm sure maybe vin diesel would like to do it without him but david twoe seems to be the guy the baby, like, like like yeah yeah he seems to be the guy for this like fast and furious as much as i love the ones um pre pre eight um and i do like nine a lot too um there's no like justin lynn became the guiding hand Yeah, But the exciting thing about that franchise was that it evolved into that guiding hand, you know? Uh, Whereas Pitch Black, while it takes some wild directions, um, it has a guiding hand from the start, and it's very clearly, like, these two guys' interests together. Uh, Specifically Vin Diesel, who has openly said, I believe, that this is very much inspired by his tabletop RPG like, not specifically character, but like his love of that stuff like he he treats like that i
1: can't i can't imagine that this wasn't developed by this character didn't at least begin um as um by 13 year old vin diesel
0: i'd believe that
1: i feel like this this is exactly what you do when you're not getting laid and you're playing dungeons and dragons (laughs) and you're like who is the coolest guy in my opinion <laughs> 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 and then you make that guy and he just like he just can do anything right like yeah and he's just such a hard and badass that like it's it's to a comical degree i mean that's also what i think the fast movies really hit on that really helped those later movies um is the they're almost a parody of masculinity at a certain point mm mm-hmm. But this, it it I feel similarly about Riddick, but no one is winking, you know. Like, yeah, Riddick is. I mean, Riddick is comically a badass in this series. <laughs> like, he's comically a hard and badass, and it's hysterical, but also like great at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he just you put him anywhere, he can figure out what to do. Like, <laughs> And that's what's great, and I think that was what was missing from the last action hero, uh, in terms
0: of
1: developing whatever the fuck his character's name was. In that. Jack
0: Slater.
1: Yeah, exactly. Bro, Let's see, Jack Slater needed a little bit of that, but um, maybe winking, winking too fucking hard. But all uh, right, but, um. but also, I mean, this is Riddick is a hundred percent in the tradition of kind of the the pre in my opinion, pre-Star Wars, pre-Lord of the Rings fantasy era, you know? 1,000%. So he feels like a, a character at a time where it's literally like, you come up with the coolest fucking character, <laughs> and just put him in different situations, because what you're doing is, if you're these older authors like Robert E. Howard, um, who the creator of Conan the Barbarian, among other characters, uh, you come up with a really cool character, you give him a really cool weapon, you put them in different situations and then you can sell these individual stories to the pulp magazines, right? Like, that's what you did back in the day. Mm-hmm. You serialize these adventures. So, it's a character that's designed to... One day he can be trying to steal a jewel, one day he can be fighting in a war, right? Like, yeah. He can do anything. And Riddick is 100% a character like that. And it's a 100% a character you would make playing D&D. <laughs> like, yeah. It is just... That is the t- one of the one of the types of characters.
0: You would and make. I just want to say I fucking love that approach to storytelling, which doesn't really happen anymore. Yeah. Like I mentioned it uh, with the Indiana Jones episode I had you on for too. Like I really love revisiting that show, which isn't like perfect by any means, but like it totally taps into just the like George Lucas's sensibilities and like the pulp stuff. Um, and, like, you just hop around from, like, different locations around the world, and, like, well, now Indy's uh, against the war, but he's still gonna stay in the war to spy, to, like, fight without having to try to kill anyone, or yeah. now he's helping, like, um, like uh, Doctors Without Borders or whatever over here, and it's <laughs> like, oh, now you see, like, the repercussions of, like, financial interests in the war and capitalism, and, oh, now he's a socialist, and it's like, you could just do anything, and I, I, it's really kind of a bummer that there's no franchises doing that stuff right now because, and I think we're going to maybe see more of it because we're seeing the end of like brand interconnectivity actually being a benefit. I think with stuff like the flash, it actively hurt that film apart from many, many other things.
1: Yes. But I do think that was a big one where it's like, you got to watch what watch this before. Mm-hmm. Why? Although you, in know? the wake of Barbie being a hit and the guy being like, we're doing spinoffs. It's like, Oh no.
0: Yeah. But I mean, to be like, to be optimistic, They're going to try to make, like, two or three of them, and they're going to be fucking disasters, or they're just going to bomb, or be terrible, and no one's going to go watch them, and then they'll stop. Also,
1: we are, uh, we, we are in the middle of, um, they're trying to do it with the John Wick franchise, which is the closest to one of these type of characters, right? Yeah. Like, John Wick is, is 100% just a guy, you put him in different situations, except, He's just his thing is just that he everywhere he goes he just kills a thousand dudes like yeah. there isn't a like oh he's in prison and has to escape this time it's like no just give him a gun and see what happens like, <laughs> they they do a lot with that obviously that's not a diss at those movies yeah but he's probably the closest to a, a globe trotting hero like Indiana Jones and right now they're trying to spin hit that world off. And uh giving it to deeply untalented people, frankly, but yeah. um, and for some reason, bringing Mel Gibson into the fold,
0: I know like who but, the fuck thought that was like it's the opposite reaction to seeing Keanu in a movie at this point yeah,
1: I think it's because Mel Gibson is like done like we've we've kind of we kind of let him be okay for a little bit, you know, like we were like he came back and his movies did okay, right
0: mm-hmm.
1: And has he directed anything since? Um, he's doing another passion, right?
0: Uh, yeah, he's doing a Passion of the Christ too. Yeah. Um, Jesus
1: Christ. <laughs> guy. <Yeah. laughs> uh what was the Hacksaw Ridge? Oh yeah, that was the one that everyone was like, yeah. This movie's actually good. And I'm like, It's it was the year of Trump. I'm not seeing that fucking movie.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I did eventually up watch November
1: it. November fourth of that year. Holy shit.
0: I know, I know. God damn. Um, and emphasis on the word "hack" in that title. Uh, mm-hmm. But moving on,
1: people the, love that movie, though.
0: Yeah, people are fucking stupid. I'm sorry if you like that movie. Fucking god. Um,
1: Although, like, look here's here's something I I will admit about Mel Gibson. He's a fine director, right? Like, yeah, I
0: mean, I do like Apocalypto still. A lot. I
1: like Apocalypto, and I like like Braveheart, but they're also both deeply insane movies. Yeah. And Apocalypto, especially, you can still see his insanity in them. Like, yes, it, it's it's not uh, it's not something where it's like, oh, you know, he can kind of keep a lid on it. It's like, no, it's all over his work. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he's, It looks like he was kind of in the uh, where Bruce Willis was, um, where he was trying to do as many movies as possible because he he did. It looks like he did uh, like ten movies last year. Mel Gibson, and I've never what heard of. Any yeah. <laughs>
0: what of fuck? Yeah. What.
1: Yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies last year. What the fuck? You haven't heard of any of them. Father Stu, I guess, is the one that like people kind of heard of the the Wahlberg movie. Oh, that
0: makes sense because him and Wahlberg are buddies. Yeah, but Wahlberg is why. also
1: like one of those guys where one day we're gonna find out like he's a lot worse than he is, even though we already know a lot about him.
0: Yeah, I was about to say like we—he's we, done a hate crime.
1: Yeah, he did a hate crime.
0: <laughs> like legally, he's done that. We can say now, that it's not—it's not, now, not also, slander or libel. Like,
1: Here's thing. Here's just I'll just say this. Now, like I'm always like I want to forgive people for their past, right? Mm-hmm. But you gotta do A. You gotta do stuff better in the future, and B. Uh, that doesn't mean you get to be a movie star. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you sh- you should be working at like a homeless shelter if you committed a hate crime. Like <laughs> that's that's what you should be doing. You should trying to help the world instead of being like I'm famous. But there was that window with Gibson. Where people were like, let's keep trying to make Mel Gibson happen again. And I mean, guys, we really like, you know, re- I mean, he's in Machete too. Like, he was mm-hmm. the villain in Machete. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And like, Daddy's home too, remember? Like, uh, yeah. And I mean,. We we both are like the defender of S Craig Zoller, the a guy with bad opinions, you know. But I don't I don't think either of us. Do you do you go for dragged across concrete, like, or is that where you draw a line? Because I, I draw. It's, a line it's really. A line it,
0: it's really well made, but like I'm yeah. never gonna watch it again.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean, the, S Craig is a good filmmaker, but like that movie crosses a line for me.
0: Uh, it does for me too. Like, you can okay. tell he even tries to have his cake and eat it too with that movie. Yeah. And I did put it off for a while and I was like, look, he's good, but well that, like, this is, this is not.
1: That movie is the classic. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just asking questions. I'm open to all opinions. I'm trying to show both sides. I'm an independent. That's like, ultimately like, no, you're a conservative. Like, yeah. that's what dragged across concrete is. Mhm. Uh, But it's a shame people don't really get that, because I know some people go, like, well, the movie's trying to be unbiased. And I'm like, you can't make an unbiased movie. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: But, uh, yeah, it's weird that, like, someone was like, let's put him in the uh, first John Wick spinoff, which is like, no. Unless he, like, dies. Like, he better die. Yeah. I think... But even then,
0: he's still in it.
1: Yeah, it's... He's the second build, so I don't think that's a great sign. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I mean but like it was also like once Trump got elected like he slowly started being like I'm still fucked up like publicly you know like he kept the lid on it where he was like look I I, what I said was wrong I was I had a drinking problem and it's like I know a lot of people drinking problems dude (laughs) they're not that
0: yeah yeah
1: Uh, and again if he was willing to come out, if Mel Gibson came out and was like look what I said was wrong my father was a literal Nazi and beat me and taught me that this was right. I now know that no, the Jews aren't evil. <laughs> then I'd be like, okay, like we can we can start from there, right? Mm-hmm. But his whole thing was like, no, I was an alcoholic. I'm sorry, and that's like that's a way of saying I still believe these things, <laughs> and I'm just not. Uh, I'm just gonna keep them. I'm just gonna keep a lid on them now. And, I mean, now you have him being out there. Didn't he, like, salute Trump or something? Like, uh, Him
0: was, and Vince Vaughn, I believe, at least spoke to him publicly and, like, shook yeah, his I, hand and shit.
1: I think the story is that Mel Gibson saluted him.
0: I, I and, would believe that without, like, any further knowledge. I, I think, absolutely would.
1: I think somewhere. I don't know if Mel Gibson actually has any social media. But it feels like he's, like, there's certain pockets of social media that have picked up on that he's, like, very QAnon adjacent, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, but I mean, he probably he is straight up. I would I'm willing to bet money he is just queuing on, you know, like yeah. Because uh, what's that? He did a movie called Conspiracy Theory, directed by Richard Donner, which is a political thriller. Um, and I think he's a cab driver in that. He's like a conspiracy theorist cab driver. And there's a scene in it where he like where you're meeting him, where he's just kind of rambling to passengers about all these different conspiracy theories. And allegedly, Gibson uh, improvised a lot of that. Oh, it's one of those things where, like, either you are in that instance, either you are me, where <laughs> you're just weirdly obsessed with these things, but no, it's all bullshit, or you 100% believe it, right? Yeah. And considering everything else we know about Mel Gibson, um, so.
0: And I mean, the yeah. fact that he's going to work with uh, uh, Caviezel again, who is a QAnon oh, yeah, he was guy,
1: also uh, pivoted in that direction.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, to the point where, like, the fucking director of that one movie that I'm not even going to name, but you know the one I'm going to talk about, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, He said, like, look, like, it's a bummer that my movie became, like, this political thing uh, between the right and the left, and it's like, QAnon didn't even exist when I started developing this technically, and it's like, dude, (laughs) like, we we all know, this stuff has been there. It's not like, you're not going to dig your way out of that hole. (laughs) You know, well,
1: I'll just I'll say this. Here's here's I, I don't know the director of that film. I don't really know what's going on with it. I'm a little afraid to read too much about it because I think it'll upset me. It will. but um, Yeah. But uh, the human trafficking thing that like people are really concerned about right now. One, like I'm not going to downplay human trafficking does exist. Right. Like we're, we're both there. Mm-hmm. But the the narrative that QAnon has pushed was widely popular in certain pockets before QAnon really became a thing. Yeah, and it managed to get a lot of shit done. Like, I mean, there's a lot of groups out there. They're like, we are, like, celebrities are endorsing groups, and they're like, well, it's against human trafficking. And I'm like, you don't understand. This is a radical Christian organization you're endorsing. Like, they're mm. trying to like stop any sort of sexual expression anywhere because they think that's what does it. And like, real anti-human trafficking groups are like getting lost in the shuffle. Probably because uh, one of the be- uh, one of the things they advocate for, is easier immigration processes. Because a lot of what uh, perpetuates human trafficking is that like you have like illegal immigration has to exist, so human smuggling has to exist,
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: fuels the human trafficking machine. But no one wants to have that conversation, and uh, instead, all these radical Christian groups that like for 30 years were called Christians Against Pornography are now calling themselves like the anti-human trafficking league. And it's like, they're, they're barnacling themselves to a real issue, conflating the problem with other things and then offering things that won't actually be a solution. And it's play, it played really well with more centrist people for a while. And I think QAnon is at least the, the upside is that QAnon has kind of made people realize that, Oh, maybe some of this shit is crazy, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, I think, that is helping but it is weird we're like there is just a pocket now that is like that that is their issue you know Mm -hmm. um i'm hoping it's a very insular pocket we i don't totally know right i hope you're right um but it is where we're like you can still see those concerns rise to the top and i just want to be like you like that's that's a myth like there's human trafficking is a problem but like what you're saying about it isn't actually true um like you know like the white van thing. Have you heard that?
0: Yeah, 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 of Where course. It's like,
1: and it's like the the reason why people are paranoid about white about white vans is cuz it's the most popular vehicle on the market. Like <laughs> it's 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 everyone uses white vans. All contractors use white vans. Like so it's it's you, you see them everywhere. So people get paranoid about that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Also before we get back to the actual topic at hand, Chronicles of Riddick, I should also mention that the the man who's the main character of that movie, that you know what I'm talking about, yeah. has not only been discredited, but maybe tied to other insidious yeah. shit. So, just um, go forth with that knowledge, and uh, don't get too worked up about it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I would get worked highly recommend reading up, up on uh, the Satanic Panic, if you want to understand what's really going on. But, hey. Back to the Chronicles of Riddick.
0: Yes, Chronicles of Riddick. Matt, what is the movie about?
1: fuck if I know. Um, okay. no, that's not true. There is an actual plot to Riddick.
0: There uh, is, here's,
1: yeah. There, here's the thing. it The plot of Riddick really is, Riddick is the ultimate badass in the galaxy, right? Yes. That's the plot of Riddick, that he's, he's a fugitive, he's on the run, he's a morally gray character, um, he is not fighting on the side of good, he's not trying to topple an evil empire, he just for, through various circumstances finds himself up against these uh people are they're called the necromongers right like it's not, the soldiers aren't just the necromongers like yeah
0: it's the necromongers are like this the, they're like this a superior death call, yeah yeah
1: and they're coming they're the to, like oppressors. Purify- yeah they're they're purifying the galaxy in a in a search they don't really flesh it out but you don't you really don't need to but i can understand like an average audience uh brushing up against it Mm -hmm. they believe what they're doing will lead them to the underverse which is this like paradise right yeah there's another universe underneath ours this is what at least i understand from their uh thing that uh that's that's actual paradise that's where life is supposed to go But it was a mistake for life to appear in this universe. So they are essentially freeing us from this universe by killing us, right? Mm -hmm. That is, it, people, stop fucking texting me. Um, uh, So that's their goal. They're basically a death cult. Riddick on the run because he was a fugitive in the first movie, correct? Yes. Uh, He was the prisoner who just happened to be on the ship in Pitch Black where they needed him. Because they were, they went up against a bunch of monsters. the The twist of the first Pitch Black is, if you don't know anything, is you think Riddick is the villain, but then it turns out no, there's monsters, and you need to team up with Riddick to stop the monsters and and survive, right?
0: Yes, and That's, he gets the hardest line in maybe sci-fi action hero cinema outside of Ellen Ripley, where they're like they're about to leave the planet at the end. He's like, we can't leave, and everyone's <laughs> like, what? without saying goodnight and then it's so fucking
1: badass it's so cool even though even though he doesn't care about anyone they they got to him with that one person Uh uh-huh can't leave without without doing something (laughs) it's like it's that, that i mean it's i don't know how much i related to this specifically but i think a lot of people when they're young can relate to like I don't show my emotions unless I have to. And when I do show it, it's through violence. <laughs>
0: like... Well, look, I, I mean, this is not the, maybe it is the intention. But I don't know how, how clear it is with uh David Toey and Vin Diesel with the Riddick character. I think, and I think many people understand now a genuine problem with masculinity in this country and across the world is we're taught like knowingly or otherwise to not show emotions very often because that's weak or whatever. Yeah. I think we all understand that that's a common recurring problem in many places around the globe. And so when something like that happens, it's fucking awesome. Because it's yeah. like, oh, we at a young age, you start to accept that that is cooler. Although Riddick was rated... I mean, uh, Pitch Black was rated R, so uh, I didn't watch it first, by the way. Hmm. I saw Chronicles of Riddick first.
1: Well, both of these were cable movies for me. Like, I saw them on cable. I did not see either... In theater, and I did not seek either out. Although my father was aware of Pitch Black. I think my father showed me Pitch Black. Because, he, you know, that that's way more up his alley, you know? Yeah, yeah. Of it just being a monster movie. And I remember that DVD or VHS cover being in Blockbuster a lot. Like, I remember seeing that one displayed a lot for whatever reason. It must have been big on home video, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is probably what boosted whatever idiot signed off on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh... Yeah, it's I, you know, um, it's strange. It is strange to see it go from like R-rated horror movie to PG thirteen science fiction fantasy film, which is was filmed R. I, I watched the unrated director's cut, you know.
0: Yeah, um, which does stuff. have significantly more of the 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 violence, like there's still a decapitation in the theatrical cut. Yeah, which is like crazy. Um, but I will say, I think the the director's cut, the unrated cut, or whatever it is now, um, is the preferred version because the action's significantly less choppy. Yeah. Like, it's really fucking choppy in the theatrical. It, to a point where I was like, I gotta watch that director's cut again. I gotta make sure I get this <laughs> like, Yeah, I was gonna settle and I'm glad I didn't again because it, it really fucking feels like a misfire. It takes you so out of the movie, um, that it, it becomes a, a real problem. But back to like the plot Really quickly, um, essentially, Riddick kind of becomes this messiah figure to people that are oppressed by the necromongers, but also uh, the necromongers fear he's going to be the one to like topple their empire or whatever. And the film becomes about like a self fulfilling prophecy, and Riddick just happens to be caught in the middle of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like uh... Uh,
0: it's it's told in the least simple way possible. No, but that is the premise.
1: <laughs> It's, it's told it as. It's not convoluted, right? It's honestly carrying itself way more confidently than it should. Yeah, it's not a
0: David Lynch Dune situation. God bless it, David Lynch, but you know.
1: It is just one of those of being like, you'll understand this. And general audiences were like, no. But uh, it also, it just, it's, it, it's mythology goes kind of hard, you know? Like, it's yes. not. Like it's the Underverse like thing? Yeah, like,
0: it's very clear what that's criticizing, like, it's like organized religion and shit, and, like,
1: yeah.
0: the fucking Templars and all that jazz, but, like, that's awesome for villains. But also, like,
1: a dude straight up rips another dude's soul out of his body, like, 30 minutes in, yeah. and it's like, this is a new thing, and it's like, you'll roll with this, right? And it's like, I guess, <laughs> you know, like, it's, uh, it, there's a lot to this that the movie... Just expects people to roll with, and I can understand a lot of people not, but it rewards if you do, because that's kind of what it is, but, I mean, you know, like I said, Riddick, he's, he's, it's also kind of no, man with no name type shit, you know, mm-hmm. um, although isn't his name, his full name's like Richard B. Red, uh, Riddick, right? Yeah,
0: like, which is like
1: ridiculous, <laughs> <such a funny laughs> <thing, laughs> but, um, because like Riddick sounds kind of cool and then it's like oh his name's Richard. <laughs> like, yeah. What's the B stand for? Well no, cuz you say
0: his full name is Dick B Riddick.
1: Yeah. Get
0: it? Yeah. I'm not making a joke that's if you want to want to go there.
1: I mean, hey. <laughs> that is the name. But uh it's just kind of like, you know, guy comes to town and gets caught in the middle of something, right? It's just he's yeah. also happens to be the biggest badass in the galaxy.
0: Yeah, it's the space fantasy version of that.
1: Yeah. But like I said, the mythology goes like really hard. It's very uh, not relatable. <laughs> yeah. And there it's also set in a universe where there aren't good guys and bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. It's not evil empire that needs to be toppled to save the good guys. It's many different factions that are all competing against each other. And there are even factions within factions that are competing against each other. <laughs> yeah. And there are like there are no like there is no obvious hero. It's just kinda like Riddick just happens to be the guy the movie sticks with, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's he's just going up against someone who just is kind of objectively evil, right? But even yeah. though they believe they're right, it's not like they're they're trying. they're not like trying to be fascist. They they do seem to genuinely believe they're right. Um, but yeah, and it's it's also crazy. This comes out in like two thousand four, so it's you can see the post nine eleven influence on this movie, you know. I'm
0: glad I didn't I wasn't the one to have to bring it up. I'm glad well, it's, it's, it's the, my job. It's I, yeah. I know
1: my fate, unlike Riddick. Um, <laughs> that, uh, I know what I'm supposed to do. I mean the attacks on, on uh here's what's crazy, the attacks on new Mecca feel like um, the, the like they feel like they're inspired by the September eleventh attacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, those feel very 9/11 inspired. Meanwhile, all the other ways the necromongers are coded feels very Bush doctrine imperialism, right? Um, right. We are the new Knights Templars. We are going to a Muslim country because that you know it is they're they're basically space Muslims,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: people of New Mecca, right? Yeah. And, uh, it's a little toned down in this version as opposed to Pitch Black. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder what between the year 2000 and the year 2004 <laughs> but uh it's it's one of those where it's so it's a weird mix of those two things because like they are very clearly religious fanatics they're very clearly al-qaeda coded in that respect but in a lot of other respects they are american imperialism encoded you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i mean that's what it's what the conservative Christians wanted the war on terror to be like the fanatical ones. They wanted it to be a new crusade. Right. Yeah. yeah. Whether or not the Bush administration actually wanted that, that's a lot of other debate, but they certainly wanted to use that religious fervor to further their agendas. You know, of course we, we kind of forget that angle of the Bush administration. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's just crazy. This is only a year after the Iraq war. Um, and so it had to have been in production before maybe, but like definitely during the build-up. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh, if I could just touch on the production really quickly. I don't know what year, um, but they did start to develop Pitch Black, like a sequel to it. Um. Oh, you know what? After Fast and Furious. Uh, fucking <laughs> duh. And I don't know how many people know this or remember this. Vin Diesel didn't want to do a sequel to Fast and Furious. <clears throat> he was like, you know, go with God. I want to fucking make... Uh, more Riddick stuff. Yeah. And I'll do a, another triple X movie. And then he didn't do that for like 20 years, but um, for, well,
1: he, I, I thought he also turned down, tri- cause he doesn't do triple X state of the union. That's with uh Ice cube, right? Yeah.
0: But he does the, uh, the, the, the death of Xander cage to be mm-hmm. like, That's fucking way
1: way later. I'm just saying in this time he does, there's, there's something interesting happens with him. Right. Where yeah. he he kind of pops in Saving Private Ryan, right? Yeah. Um, there's a famous uh, someone told this story. I can't remember where, but during that Saving Private Ryan era, where he starts getting work, um, he uh, he called up someone, a friend of his, and left a message on his phone, and the message was just "I'm blowing up," and it was from Vin Diesel. <laughs> <And he said laughs> the message was, he said, "I'm blowing up," and then hung up, and uh, he does. You know, he does Boiler Room and Pitch Black, kind of back-to-back. He's he's more of a supporting character in uh, Boiler Room. That's mm-hmm. Giovanni Ribisi's movie. Um, but uh, then he... What was I saying? Hold on. I, I lost the fucking... Well, from
0: Pitch Black, he goes to Fast and Furious and Knockaround yes. Guys, which no one Fast remembers Pitch Knock Around
1: Guys. Guys, Triple X, like all right in a row, right? Yeah. So, and he... Is Triple X also universe that's sony so sony does triple x um it's also a funny thing i'm listening I, I i listened to part of the pitch black commentary i didn't have time to listen to all of it but it is funny it is a much younger vin diesel with uh, uh david tui on the uh, on the uh, commentary and vin diesel's like the opening and being like i just love that universal logo and now i'm in a movie that's part of the universal family
0: and hey like to to like not to compare myself to Vin Diesel, but, like, I also love the Universal logo. Like, to me, like, growing up, Universal was the movie logo.
1: Yeah. You but know. to hear him go, this is, like, and now I work for Universal. Like, he's, like, it's clearly this is him. He's doing this right after the movie, and Wild Fast and Furious is being made, which is another Universal movie. Mm-hmm. And he's going to do Chronicles of Riddick. And it's just interesting to hear him being, like yep i am the I am a part of the universal family and that's essentially what he is right now like yeah making those fa- fa- uh, fast and Furious movies which is the biggest franchise in universal's history right like,
0: yeah um I think the only comparison was like Jurassic park Jurassic world and those are yeah. done now and they're probably gonna be done for a while
1: yeah.
0: Uh, and yeah so he he is kind of the guy like saving that studio's box office. Although, they got illum- Illumination, too. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, live-action stuff. He, yeah, he live is action-wise. the franchise for them.
1: hmm And Universal, one of the few studios that feels like it's still trying to be a studio these days.
0: Yeah. do
1: to give them too much credit, but they do. They, they, they take a chance on some people. Mm-hmm. So uh, Well,
0: I mean, they're also the guys that greenlit two Dracula films in the same year?
1: Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> How did that happen? I
0: don't know, but um,
1: although both, I gotta say, both movies I think feel like they were noted to death. Like the Voyage of the Demeter, I, if that movie, that it feels, I, I I feel like that movie must have had a great script, right? Like, well, it took it,
0: like twenty five years from yeah. first draft to screen. Yeah, you know, so like changes were made. Worried.
1: Yeah, there must have been a great version in there. I I feel less certain about Renfield, but Renfield (laughs) at least has a good setup. Yeah,
0: I I like the premise of both movies. (laughs) Sorry. I I don't want to be mean, because I do want more stuff like that. I just want to also like them.
1: Yeah. There's there's also one good gag in um, Renfield, which is Renfield going to the support group and the support group inviting Dracula in, because you're a support group. All all are welcome. That's yeah, a like that's funny. Funny gag. The rest of the yeah. movie, not so much. But uh, that's a shame. I really wanted both of those to work.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So. I'm like the alien guy, and it's like alien on a boat, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it. So yeah, I am glad horror nerds are responding to it, though, because like, it, 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 I do want more stuff like it eventually. Yeah,
1: yeah. It it just it feels like a just a bit of a misfire. I feel like it's so weird. We still yeah. like as much as Hollywood is like. Maybe we should go back to making thirty million dollar movies. It feels like the thirty million dollar horror movie is still the, the challenging one to do. You know?
0: Yeah. You know what? It seems like the because the, think of like the John Wick budget, the first one. Mm-hmm. Maybe actions what you can do that with horror. You got to either do like mm-hmm. like ten million. Yeah. Or twenty five million. It's the,
1: it's the natural thing that happens when bu- budgets get bigger, which is just more eyes are on it, right? Yeah. And I think horror, because of how it is. The more eyes on it the, the the weaker it can be you know mm-hmm. um it's it's one where like it kind of has to come from someplace personal not 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 not, not saying like in a terms of like thematic just like if it's more intimate that's what makes it scarier or more you know effective
0: in this yeah. way
1: um and when there are too many studio guys looking at it they're gonna be like let's let's let me throw let, I'm, I'm not even they're not even trying to hurt the movie they're just like let me add a little bit of this to it and it, it, it starts to push it out of the horror realm you know mm-hmm. and again it's i get why they do it because you can take those gambles of just letting someone do what they want on a 10 million dollar movie right yeah. like even you know, that's that's a worthy gamble it's like the script's fine i don't need to keep my eyes open. once the budget gets bigger you got to keep a closer eye on things and you can't really afford for it not to hit so i don't know it's a yeah. shame. I wish it had done better. I, mean, I, I just
0: want to say, I, I want to give a shout-out to producer Mike Medavoy, who did produce Lost Voyage of the Demeter. I don't know how, how long he was on that movie. Um, I got to listen to him talk at a post-screening Q&A, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize I was in the room with like a Hollywood legend. Yeah, Mike Medavoy. He, you didn't know Mike Medavoy? I, the name just like, slipped by, and then he, he doesn't look like someone I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just... He's a guy who clearly loves movies. He comes yeah. from the era when they made movies to make movies, to try things out, because it sounded mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. And I hope he's not the last of a dying breed, is yeah. what I'll say.
1: Same. I mean, I mean, doesn't he, didn't he start in, like, Orion? Like,
0: I think so, yeah.
1: You know what? He started... Oh, well, he's he the know, fucking he's
0: co-founder like... of Orion Pictures.
1: Yeah. Well, here's something. He, uh, actually, I'm wrong. He will come up again. Because he was senior vice president of United Artists during its golden era. Um, and the story is that they, United Artists, had a falling out with, I think, uh, the Trans America Company owned United Artists at the time. And they, they ended up in a fight with the shareholders. They leave, and that's why they found Orion. That's where Orion comes from. Mm. And they have that great run at Orion. And then Orion kind of goes bankrupt, right? Uh, yeah. Then he becomes the chairman of TriStar during a, f- a fairly good era, but not, like, amazing. But he definitely has the old-school movie producer attitude, right? Yeah. Like, he's definitely that. Um, but, yeah, dying. I hope not a dying breed. I agree with you. Um, it's, it's. I'll be honest, it's honestly the dream job for me.
0: <laughs> to be Mike Medavoy?
1: <laughs> so, well, to be the guy, like, cause, like I, I understand my limits. I'm not I'm not uh, there's no great artist buried within me <laughs> as much <laughs> as I want to believe that uh but I would love to be the guy who just produced uh, like movies you know mm-hmm. not not even to be like I'm going to make so much money just cuz I love making movies and I'd love to just be the guy who could be like just try to help a movie get made you know yeah yeah, yeah. I, I wish I had money to throw around it would, it would absolutely be the first thing I did if I won the lottery. I'd probably waste all my money. <laughs> but I would 100% do it. And um, yeah, you hope hope they're not a dying read Like, I love reading stories about those type of producers. You yeah. know? Like, they're not perfect. They all have their blind spots. They all have movies they fucked up. But they're usually a little more honest about it. And at least they aren't finance bros fucking it up. You know? Like,
0: yeah. Like, uh, the producer on Chronicles of Riddick, Scott Krupp. Mm-hmm. One of the things he produced back in the late eighties was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: There you go. And
0: Bill and Ted's bogus journey. There Bill and go. Ted's bogus journey is insane. Yeah. That is a wild fucking movie. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't get made today. <laughs> you well. Know?
1: But yeah.
0: You know Chronicles but, of Riddick wouldn't get made today.
1: No, well I mean Chronicles of Riddick, they're the only reason Chronicles of Riddick get made to go back to what we were talking about with Vin. Um he he does, he, he, he gets the Fast Furious movies, he gets, he's doing Triple X, he's like, I am, he, he becomes a movie star kind of overnight, it's that thing that just doesn't really happen now, and he does the thing, I'm not doing a sequel to those movies, I want to be Riddick, I want to do Chronicles of Riddick, I want to go back to Riddick, and he has enough, A, he has enough weight to throw around, and B, uh, uh, Pitch Black was made money, was kind of a sleeper hit, and it is. Riddick is 100% part of the post Matrix wave of movies, where it's you take these people who they have, they seem to have very niche sci fi ideas, and you go, let's give them some money and see what they do with it. This is like, this is very equivalent to something like Equilibrium getting made, right? Mm hmm. Um, do, you, do you remember Equilibrium?
0: I do remember Equilibrium. People not really a- like that movie. What? People really like that movie. People
1: do. I I do not care for it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but,
1: but that movie is one hundred percent a. Uh, the Matrix was big. Let's try something. Um. What else? Like, there's a few. There's a few others. I can't think of them because all of them basically bombed. Yeah. Yeah. Riddick is easily the last of that wave, and the big problem Riddick has is that it not only does it come. is it post 9-11 which basically changes what people want to see in movies right Mm -hmm. but it is post the matrix sequels which we're fans of but inarguably kind of deflated the matrix hype a little bit right yeah yeah basically general audiences were basically underwhelmed by those movies um and now the new kids on the block are the Lord of the Rings films, which is another uh, trilogy that has basically completed by this point. So we've already had three Lord of the Rings films. Harry Potter is now getting big, and Pirates of the Caribbean, which Jack Sparrow is now the new hero, right? Mm-hmm. That is the new one. now superheroes are starting to gain steam. I don't, I don't really think we can say the superhero boom is in full effect until like 2008, but it, they're definitely gaining steam.
0: Yeah,
1: that's that sort of more. I don't want to say nihilistic, but the the more cynical type uh uh science fiction action movies have fallen by the wayside by the time Riddick comes out. Like it if it had a chance, it had, it had, it was before it was actually released. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it's our what we want out of movies completely goes away. And I think that's also why Vin kind of goes into a downswing for a few years. Because I think that his type of action star just it wasn't as palatable Post 9 11 you know, like no, um, I mean, even Triple X, which is a movie that did well, um, was it was considered an underperformer, and I think that was part of it was just that like it we don't we didn't want that type of action movie anymore, and it even took the Fast movies a little bit to get its shit back together, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, to the point where he only makes a cameo in Tokyo Drift, and mm-hmm. then finally comes back for Fast and Furious after a period of, of not really doing anything after Chronicles of Rake. He does Find Me Guilty, which is great, and he's great in. But also, uh, didn't that
1: movie make, like, $5? Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, it made $2.6 million. It's a huge bomb. And it was made in a $13 million budget, and it couldn't even, like, compensate for that. Yeah.
1: But that's um, like, that's also a movie where, like, I'm a kid. I know who Vin Diesel is, right? Like, yeah. Because, like, he, he, was one of, he was so big, I knew who he was. And then there's The Pacifier, which is directly targeted towards kids, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Pacifier, there is... I don't. I barely remember that movie. The only thing I really remember is that like, there's a scene where he drives the kids to school, and because he's a Navy Seal, he drives like a maniac, right? Like that's the joke. The other gag, are, the, it's not even a gag, but there is an insane subplot in that movie with Brad Garrett, who is the vice principal of the school, um, and the, the the older son at the school at the, in the family is kind of troubled, right? Like, mm-hmm. He's he's got some problems. The vice principal, if I remember this correctly, I could be misremembering this, but this is what I remember. The vice principal finds a swastika in the kid's locker. What? Yes. And it's like, you're expelled. You can't have this on school property. And Vin Diesel has to come in. And what we find out is... He was, the kid was secretly, he didn't want to admit he had secretly joined an amateur production of The Sound of Music.
0: <laughs> that is not what I thought that was going.
1: Yeah. What? So he he plays uh, one of the people who's like, isn't there's like a kid who's like, he's a young, he's like a budding, you know, uh, Hitler youth in it. And then like, he becomes a good guy by the end. I, I haven't seen The Sound of Music in forever, but there's Nazis in The Sound of Music. So he was trying to cover up the fact that he like this this sullen teen secretly had uh, musical desires. So he had a swastika in his school locker.
0: I feel like there was a better way to go about that.
1: I feel like you could have just done anything but that. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like you know, I mean, um, the, wow. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You uh, you go. I found he's got all these drawings of like bloody violence, which is that happens with kids all the time, right? Where mm-hmm. it's like he's got like, why is he drawing all this sick stuff? And he, the kid won't say. You look into it. Turns out he's playing Sweeney Todd in the Sweeney Todd amateur production, <laughs> and he was just he was just trying to get in the character a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, that's fine. That makes sense. Sweeney Todd kids like Sweeney Todd. <laughs> like, yeah. Sure. Why not do that? That makes more sense than yeah. a swastika. But huh. who just yeah, that's that fucking just wild a kid a swastika.
0: Um, oh, I want to mention one other movie that basically would have been a contender in the failed blockbusters that no one's thought about since it came out. Uh, Babylon A.D. It's the yes. last movie he does before hopping back into the Fast and Furious franchise. Mm. Um, directed by Matthew Kasovitz. For any Amelie fans out there, that is the male lead of Amelie.
1: I don't know if we remembered uh, if we did it on the episode, but we had a freak out when we realized that it was the same guy. I think we...
0: No, it... we, we were doing it afterwards, we were like exporting the episodes or whatever. Oh yeah, and... we had like,
1: this amazing freakout that we wish we had recorded, because we didn't realize yeah. it was the same guy who did.
0: Yeah, I wish we fucking had it live on the show right now, because it was just
1: like... It was a hell of a reveal, we just, <laughs> know. just didn't know that. So, um, I think I saw Babylon AD, and I don't remember it.
0: It was a cable movie for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, right. and uh, the reason we freaking out for the record, not just that he's the co-lead of Amelie... It's also the director of Haine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just sa- sa- sit with that for a second. You know, um,
1: I just realized I always get Babylon AD confused with Bangkok Dangerous, even though I think there's zero over- overlap, but they both came out the same year.
0: Yeah, I think that's just your white privilege.
1: <laughs> no, 100%. But I like, I just. I think it's just the titles. It's not even the movies themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I just, for some reason, it, it sounds like Nick Cage would be in a movie called Babylon AD, and no, it movie totally movie does. Called Bangkok Dangerous. Yeah. So a
0: remake done by the same filmmaker, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to be like. I was because that's what I, I that's what I thought Babylon A.D. was. I'm like, isn't that a remake of something? And I'm like, oh, I'm thinking of Bangkok Dangerous. Yeah. So, both movies that were probably just decimated by the fucking success of The Dark Knight. Like, yeah. Even though they came out in in late August, early September, respectively. Like, that's how much how much legs that fucking movie had. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what's happening with Oppenheimer right now because, like, Universal put out Oppenheimer and now Oppenheimer's still doing fairly well.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it might end its run near a billion dollars, it, which is, like, the most absurd shit I've ever it, heard in it'd my be life. Am-
1: if it crossed a billion, I don't think it'll happen, but it would be incredible if it did.
0: I do you know how many biopics are going to greenlight? I mean, Do you just, realize? Yeah,
1: I don't know what they're going to take away that's from That's
0: not it. a negative for me. I'm just like, no. I do want more, like, courtroom dramas. <laughs>
1: They keep so. labeling it as a biopic, and I don't know if that's why people wanted to see it, you know what I'm saying? Like No, but
0: that's the response it'll get.
1: Yeah. Well, cause, yeah, because yeah. like, they keep talking about it. it's like, yeah, it's a biopic, and you know, when I see the movie, I don't really think of it as a biopic, right? Like, no,
0: and, and you know, the reason people see it, are like, oh, Christopher Nolan movie, I gotta watch that on the biggest screen possible. Yeah. Uh, this is actually gonna lead into some criticism I have for Chronicles of Riddick. Mm-hmm. but i think people really underestimate the audience attachment to Christopher Nolan. Maybe not anymore. Mm-hmm. But pre-Oppenheimer, people know you're going to see Christopher Nolan movies, you're going to get your money's worth, not just in terms of like the story content mm-hmm. or like the plots or even like the big ideas, although that's definitely part of it too. We're always asking for people to go to the theaters to watch movies in the biggest screen possible. How many movies look like fucking shit that they don't even look good on your phone? Yeah. You know? It happens. Sometimes it's not anyone's fault in particular. Sometimes mistakes are just made. Other times it's like, why am I watching this? You don't know where to put the camera. That's fine. Just go learn. It's not that difficult. Um, and Christopher Nolan, for all the, the love or criticism he has, that dude shoots big fucking movies. Yeah.
1: and it, they're, it they're the though, biggest it's,
0: possible movies. <laughs> it is
1: funny that it's like, see this movie on the biggest screen possible, which isn't wrong, but also most of that movie is a courtroom drama. I know, I love it. Like, I, love... I saw
0: some criticism where people were like, well, it's just like a lot of close-up of faces, and I'm like, yeah, but it's the
1: best close-ups of faces. I mean, that, was, uh, that was the argument uh, Tarantino made with The Hateful Eight, remember, where he was like, because he, he released that in 70mm, and that's yeah. a movie that's mainly on one set, Like, and this little thing where I was like, well, is it, it's as poetic seeing Samuel L. Jackson's face as seeing like a landscape. It's like, like you yeah. do a lot with both. Yeah,
0: everyone always says like the most like uh, uh, interesting thing you can shoot is the human face, but the moment you get a bunch of close-ups in a movie, it becomes a problem.
1: Yeah, like, why are you doing this?
0: Yeah, so I bring that up, not because I, I loved Oppenheimer, and I've not stopped thinking about it, even though it's still not my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, um, because I think Chronicles of Riddick suffers a little bit from David Twohy's, uh evolution from shooting something like Pitch Black, which is a lot of close-ups because it's a smaller-scale movie, and Chronicles of Riddick, which is a big, expansive movie, but sometimes doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's
1: a really lot of mediums like... and a lot of close-ups. But sorry, go ahead. There's a couple of shots in it that, like, really get it. Like, there's a couple of really good sequences of, like, like the Necromongers, like, arriving on the planet and stuff that I feel like really works. And then there's others where it's like, okay, like, he, he just did it to... It makes me wonder. It's one of those where... Um, some I wonder, like maybe if he was given more money, more time, he could have done a better job. Because there are flashes of better direction, and then there are others that feel like, you know, like the movies kind of pasted together with more basic medium shots, right?
0: Yeah, it feels like it's it's a little coverage busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's not like they're hiding. Too. I'm I'm sure that some of it is hiding because you know yeah. this is a big budget movie, but everything has a limit. But the sets and like the scale of it, like it's all totally there. Yeah, you know, and I feel like he just. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he didn't have the time or the money to just there's um, enough moments to get that wider stuff
1: actually did work that make me go, like, maybe if he had the time, he could have done this. But I don't know, you mm-hmm. know. I'm because, yeah, as much as I like Pitch Black, that is such a like scrappy movie, it's not really a triumph of directing, you know. It's
0: just no, no, very
1: scrappy. Um, where so Riddick, it felt a little better in a lot of ways. Um, although he, he clearly to he has. He has ideas about how to shoot action that don't seem very common these days,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and uh, maybe that is for a reason, but it seems to be his style, so I don't really want to brush up against it. Although, watching both these movies back-to-back, you know who I think should have done these movies?
0: I actually don't know who you're going to say.
1: John Carpenter. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) This feels like the natural extension of where John Carpenter should have gone.
0: You know what? Yeah, if Riddick is a that. Snake
1: Pliskin type protagonist.
0: Oh, he totally is. Yeah, Escape from uh, Furia. Yeah, exactly. You know, That's...
1: like it. This feels like where John Carpenter's going now. John Carpenter clearly didn't have a great grasp on CGI, <laughs> at least when he did. Yeah, uh, Escape from L.A. That's for a lot of reasons, but um, who knows where he could have gone with that stuff?
0: And yeah, always he gets a little better where, like, with at, Ghost of Mars. Um,
1: I always think of Peter Jackson and Sam Raimi where they were both horror guys and then they both got franchises in the early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the path. Because at that point, if you're an older horror guy, you either found a franchise or you just disappeared, right? Like all right. The 80s horror guys basically stopped them. And I was like, well, what is the franchise that Carpenter should have done? And watching Riddick, I'm like, he should have done these Riddick movies. Oh, I mean, it's David Toohey. he He is... 100% the guy to do this material. Like, it is everything that he does, including uh, Big Trouble in Little China in terms of not bothering to explain what's going on.
0: Oh, yeah, but that one's, like, the joke. That That's a comedy, you know? Yeah, no, no, this but, like, one... you,
1: you, could st- you could still do that in a good, in a non-comedic way, right? Like. Yeah, yeah. But I think Carpenter would be good at that. Um, and to bring it back to... Uh, um snake plissken snake Pliskin himself is inspired by a character a a kind of more riddick type character mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't remember the name of the book but uh carpenter always cites a book by science fiction writer harry harrison about a guy sent to a prison planet right and
0: yeah that yeah.
1: is it is you 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 would send the most badass guy to the planet right like mm-hmm. And um, so Carpenter's like, I just wanted to do that. And that's what exactly what he did. And I it's honestly, I'm starting to realize how much I just like this stuff. I've been so drawn to older Pulp Fiction type novels, you know, not just like crime mm-hmm. novels, but like specifically science fiction fantasy, where it is written in that style of just like, here's some cool shit. And then like they accidentally get subversive sometimes as opposed to, the post harry potter every writer trying to build their franchise and universe right like
0: yeah yeah
1: there is something very engaging i mean i think it's also why i'm rereading berserk i mean guts is very much a guts very much started as a character that's like let's just watch this guy fight monsters you know like let's just i really
0: gotta get into berserk
1: (laughs) you you will like it you 100 will like berserk um and then like later the author was like, well, what if I actually started exploring why this guy is the way he is? And mm-hmm. it's like it's the darkest shit you can imagine, but it's really, <laughs> it's really good stuff.
0: I so. mean, I think that is sort of like the hat trick to really great franchise is at least. Um like, you know, maybe in hindsight it works better, but pitch black jump into Chronicles of Verdict, like at the time it's like, What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Um But even something like, sorry to to fucking bring up Marvel, but like Guardians of the Galaxy, okay, Rocket Raccoon, everyone loves Rocket Raccoon in the first movie, and it's like, oh, this guy's got some problems, I wonder what that's about. And then after this summer, everyone's like, oh my god. (laughs) You know, like, you can expand that after you establish, like, this character in a a, a world that already exists. Well,
1: it's a big problem with the IP era we live in, is that like some, you know, you either find an IP, or you have to kind of make one, right? You Mm -hmm. have to make it so these guys go into it with the idea that they're making a franchise and they don't bother to make that first movie. Like, Pitch Black could be a standalone movie at the end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. It's very clear that Tui has thought of the world they live in. There's all sorts of references to things that they don't explain. (laughs) He he knows the exact right level of touch for a movie like Pitch Black to be like, look, it's a space-type future. This is what it's like. There's these type of devices. I don't need to explain it all this is just a small fraction of this universe. And then when he was suddenly someone at universal was like, let's make a massive, let's try to turn this into a franchise. He was able to expand on it and just get even crazier with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it finds the right level of touch. But again, it's something where because the aesthetics are so foreign to us, uh, it, 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 it's not as palatable to a general audience. Um, I think it does a fairly good job, though, with all the different weird terminology it's throwing around, you know?
0: No, I I do, too. Um, And I want to say this isn't, like, the complete antithesis of this approach. Because I do think maybe some of the reasons uh, it struggles to rise up to Pitch Black and Riddick level for me. I think Riddick's the best one, by the way. I I really, really like Riddick. I I want to rewatch it. Um, Yeah, I I think Twohy's, like, evolution as a director, like, it really shows... um, the stuff I'm criticizing here, I don't really have that problem there. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, like, the whole idea of, like, I got this really fascinating, I'm building this this lore Bible for this story I'm writing, and that's always fun. And I've definitely talked about this before and criticized it before, but it is something everyone kind of does when they get really excited about an idea they have in their head, like a big idea, you know? It's like, and this will tie into that, and this will tie into that, and it's like, great, where's the starting point?
1: Yeah. What's the what is that
0: for? one story we're, we're going to start with, though? Let's do that, too. It's important to do that one first. I
1: don't know if you have this with me. Like, I have that, just as someone who writes a bunch of fucking nonsense, who's been writing a lot more lately. I've been really happy about it.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but uh, I have that thing where I, like, I'm like. i like, oh, I have a great idea for, like, a premise, right, of, like, a world and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty interesting. I don't have a fucking plot. <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what the end is. I don't know where I'm going with it. And I kind of just have to like sit with that idea until I can think of, I, until like one day I'm usually just like, here's like an interesting story. You know, it would fit with that other thing. I thought of like fucking a year ago, you know, mm-hmm. and once those two things click, I'm like, okay, that's it. And then I just do that. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good way of doing like, it. Some people
1: just, they go, I have all this lore. And I'm just going to dump it on the audience. And then I'm just going to do Star Wars again. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> hero journey. And uh, it's it's not that interesting. And Riddick is interesting because he's de- de- an unwilling participant in a lot of this stuff. And there is no outsider character to what's going on who you can explain everything to, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Riddick's almost an expert on everything he comes across. <laughs> like... It's uh, it's fascinating. Um,
0: yeah, again, he's, he's the biggest badass. He knows yeah. everything. He knows what to do at all times. Uh, somehow it's not boring to watch. Yeah. Like, really, because well, that can be really it, fucking boring.
1: It can be boring if the guy is just constantly winning. He's not constantly winning, you know? Like, he gets... Any time he does win, he ends up with another problem, you know? It's part of why a fugitive character is so engaging, because it's like, okay... You got away, but you're still a wanted criminal, right? Like, mm-hmm. so you still have to, you you still have another problem. So you can win, but you're not winning, you know? Like, you're not you yet yeah. achieved victory, um, which is, I think, what helps. Whereas some other, although, what is the bad version of the ultimate badass character? I'm struggling to think of one off the top of my head.
0: I think we've been saved from that for a while. We've been spared.
1: I think so of that for a while. Um, but I can't. Like, I'm trying. I I have been trying to think. I mean like I guess like someone like like a Steven Seagal type character. Yeah. It's you know, not engaging at all.
0: Um, they have like no charisma. You
1: know, like who are the like really unengaging action stars? Um I mean Rambo um, kind of evolves into this, you know, like uh, I'm Sorry, which one? Rambo. Like Rambo started Rambo. more grounded and then by the second one he's just like it's he's just like blowing people away.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I like some of those sequels, but I've I've always been of the notion that like you you just need that first one. That first one's a very critical movie, and the sequels just kind of. I mean, they try to have their cake and eat it too, but again, you just need that first one for what it's trying to say. <laughs> it becomes an action franchise after that first yeah, one. Just needs to. So, you,
1: just, you just need Rambo killing cops instead of going fighting another war.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what? I just. Oh shit. You know that thing I talked about, like, two minutes ago? About plotters uh-huh. and plots? Yeah. One just clicked. Uh-huh. One really good one just clicked.
0: Okay, but well, I have an answer to that question you just okay, asked. Okay, yeah. So. No, I
1: can't say it on the thing, because I like the idea too much, so... Okay,
0: okay. Well, don't, don't don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. Um, I think, and not to criticize them too heavily, because I do generally like their stuff, both actually, Vin Diesel and The Rock have They've, like, had... evolved
1: into it. Like, they
0: evolved into the stuff that has become uh, a problem, much, much more boring. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're yeah. The Rock is they're the ultimate invincible badasses. Yeah, it's they're good actors too. That's the thing. Like people dunk on them, but they're good actors. And they, they're, they they know, have shown that they're good.
1: They know how to use what they their skill set. You know, like you're not going to put Vin Diesel in Ibsen, right? But you know, I might. I mean yeah, I maybe mean, I would I would like just. Dis- I wouldn't not want to see it, but I'm not going to make that choice. Um I got uh, all right, in Hamlet who is he? He's Hamlet. I don't know if he's, he's a little too old to be Hamlet now is the problem.
0: No, no, you age everyone up.
1: Like, you know what? He
0: to match with he, him.
1: No, they can't age him up. That would fuck it up, you idiot.
0: No, no, no. I don't care. Vin Diesel's in Hamlet. What, like, who cares?
1: No, he <laughs> like, could be you can You can kind of be right. He should be the ghost of Hamlet's father, who's also called Hamlet.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
1: He could totally do that.
0: No, and you know what? Because that'll be mostly a, a vocal performance.
1: Like, well, yeah, he's got that voice so he's a ghost now. Like, yeah, that's his thing. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah! Let's do it! Let's get him on the phone yeah. right now!
0: <laughs> yep, I got an idea. Get me Vin's number.
1: Vin, we want you to play the ghost of Hamlet. Who's playing Hamlet? Fuck if I know! <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you gotta play the ghost of the father, You gotta, play, you
1: gotta play the ghost. <laughs> what? We should just do... You know what? We should just do what Brona did with Hamlet, but instead of stacking the cast with, like, actually good actors and Jack Lemmon, um... <laughs> Why do you
0: hate Jack Lemmon in that?
1: He's just bad in that movie. He Aww. just doesn't really get it. But uh, we just stack it with like action stars. <laughs> Why not? This
0: would... Yes. Yes. I don't know who plays Hamlet in this version, though.
1: We don't have a young action star, really.
0: I think we're getting there. We're, the next generation will be popping up. See, the problem was... And this is what Vin Diesel actually like thrived at in this point in his career. Uh, Chronicles of Verdict that is. Like all the young action stars are just getting slotted into superhero roles. Yeah. And that's where they become the action stars. And now and I mean, I love him as an actor, but Tom Holland has very clearly struggled to find a, a role that kind of satisfies his capabilities as an actor, yeah. which I think are numerous by the way. Although I don't maybe think he, he would he he could be, be
1: he could be young Hamlet. There you go. I think I think he would work actually, now that we have it here. With <laughs> Diesel as his father. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter fucking Brian Blessed would get was Kenneth Brana's father in that movie. It <laughs> you
0: know, what? fuck it, yeah. It
1: doesn't make any goddamn sense.
0: Like, All right. There it is. So let's we just got it.
1: Yeah, you know, let's just do it. Like, whatever, man. All right. <laughs> we got it. Action <laughs> action Hamlet to bring yeah. it back to the last action hero.
0: <laughs> We're full circle.
1: Although, you know what, now that I think about it, as much as like I'm like Vin Diesel is the ghost of Hamlet. You know what? Maybe he could actually be uh Claudius. And they, because then I'm thinking Arnold could be the ghost. <laughs> See? Tom <laughs> Holland's father? Yeah, well, it, look, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. No, I know,
0: I know, but just the image of that.
1: Yeah, it's funny, but um, we got an idea. We're, we're fucking cooking with gas here. Let's get they, I know. with money on the line. <laughs> James
0: Cameron, it's Diego. I know, we'll talk about that <laughs> later, but I got an idea.
1: James, I know <laughs> I haven't returned your calls. I've been busy lately, but now I need you. <laughs> Either that or Coppola. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: I'm sure he's a thrill to work for. Oh,
1: I'm sure is a really sane and cool guy. Yeah. That's what every story about Coppola says. Yeah.
0: Looking forward to Megalopolis.
1: I mean, I, I kind of am, even though I'm also not. But yeah. it's yeah. Hey, He's going down swinging. Whatever, man. He'll be dead in, yeah. like, two years. <laughs> The guy who did
0: there. What is this? Bram Stoker's Dracula.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> hey, have you seen... Uh, have you seen this? Have you been to the Megalopolis Wikipedia page? Um,
0: no, I'm scared.
1: Um, I guess on Instagram, Coppola posted uh, the books that influenced the series. Okay. There are um, some interesting books.
0: Do I want to know, or should I just continue with One of One of them is,
1: is by the guy who wrote The End of History, about how free market capitalism is going to stand forever. <laughs> oh. He also wrote a book called... I'm, it's not saying that uh, that's what the movie will say, you know. No, no, no of course, of course. Um, it seems to be a lot about economics he's reading about, um... What the f- hmm. what the fuck is Megalopolis?
0: I have no idea, but I just know he's been trying to make it for fucking ever.
1: He finally got the money, everyone was happy, and then he's like, shylo Booth's in it," and everyone was like,
0: "God damn it!" I know.
1: God damn it! <laughs> like,
0: fucking, I know.
1: I mean, look, we—I I don't know, I think we both. As much as we don't want to admit it, we, we both kinda gave Nolan a pass on putting Casey Affleck in Oppenheimer. Like we both yeah. kinda gave him a pass. It's... Like even
0: I don't know if I gave him a pass. Yeah, well, I mean, we're but... not
1: sitting here being like, fuck that movie. Um, even though maybe yeah. we should, right? Mm-hmm. We were just talking about Nolan. We we're we we're talking him up a little earlier. You're, yeah. It doesn't stop you from being team tenant, right? Um, but uh, wait, who's in Tenet No, I'm just saying, like if it, it like it, it, says a lot about someone like Nolan being working with someone like that. Oh yes, yes. So it can sometimes taint someone's previous films. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, no, Tenet
0: is perfect. Though, so that's so, uh, you know, fine.
1: Shit, shit's fucked up in Hollywood. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: Thankfully, I don't think anything bad will ever come out about Shia Booth ever again.
0: Anyways, uh, Chronicles, Chronicles Riddick. of
1: Riddick. Um, who else is? We in haven't talked. Goddamn! Movie? I, I was
0: about to say. Okay, so we're we're on the same page. Yeah, we haven't talked about the cast yet. Um, Calm Fjord Fiore as the Lord Marshall, who he's is kind of the main antagonist.
1: Terrific in this.
0: He's great. And, that dude. Yeah. For some fucking reason, cannot catch a break. Like to to become like a really household name, but he is great in everything. He's an amazing Spider-Man too, and he's like a great little weaselly minor inconvenience it, in that movie. Yeah.
1: That seems to be his... He ends up being the minor inconvenience in a lot of movies, you know? But he's so good at it. He's very good at this, but you know what he also is good at, based on Chronicles of Riddick, uh, being the big bad guy? Yes. Like, he's actually really good, and they put him in a dumb fucking helmet for most of the movie. Oh, yeah. He makes it work, you know?
0: Uh, Yeah, there was a point where I was, like, looking at his helmet versus the other Necromonger helmets, and I was like, so... Is the size of the helmet, like, determining their power standings in, like, their military or whatever? Because he's got the biggest one. Everyone else has, like, moderately smaller ones.
1: (laughs) But you know what? Uh, Here's something that, like, this is why movies will never imitate life correctly. If you look at history, the rulers of most nations were given the dumbest hat like you look
0: Chronicles at, of Riddick is so fucking ahead of his time. Know, I know,
1: but it's like, you look at what they would be like, here's what we, here's what the guy who runs this whole operation wears. And it's like the goofiest fucking oversized hat you could imagine. But that's the way of signifying he's the important guy in the room. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, Keith David returns, returns from pitch black.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, not in, one in, of the only in, survivors.
1: Um, unfortunately, uh, but he's no, he's, no. he's good in it.
0: Um, yeah, I mean it's, he's David. He's always good.
1: I mean, he, yeah, he. I mean, yeah. When is that guy ever bad? You know. Yeah. Um,
0: but, uh, Alexa Devalos who does not return from Pitch Black, but plays a returning yeah,
1: character. Yeah, uh, which threw me because I had forgotten that. Like, I, I was, I was like, wasn't yeah. someone from this movie? I was watching Pitch Black. I was like, someone from this movie carries over, but who is it? Like, I don't recognize any of the actors like as being the one. And I was like. Oh, they recast her. And uh, I think this actress does a very good job with the role. Um, I will say, I think her casting, I kind of brush up against a little bit. The evolution of Jack's character, now calling, now going by Kyra. I just dead name a fictional character. I hope I didn't just do that. I,
0: I think so. Their uh, credit is
1: both on the Wikipedia page, but uh, thats I did not mean to do that.
0: Yeah, I... It's a complicated one, I guess, uh, just because, like, you have to establish that really quickly well, Ky- in the
1: movie as well. I'll call them Kyra, because even though it's not... Kira. In, in, what is it? it? Isn't it Kira? Kira, I, I, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't always say names correctly. Uh, That's fine. I You know, here's something I just, I know in my brain. I, I think other people have this problem. It's an embarrassing problem to have. I know how to say the name Deborah. When I read it, my brain says it differently. I don't know why. It mm-hmm. wants to pronounce it differently. And I just I, I know it's wrong. And I keep telling my brain to stop doing that. It does it every time. So when I read a name, I say it different <laughs> than if I just repeated it, you know, from someone saying it to me. Yeah. Um, but uh that character um is a is a child in the first Riddick, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And they are, in that, they actually do a good job um, as disguising that that character is a boy that is revealed to be a girl, right? That was traveling as a boy to, like, be safer when they were traveling across the galaxy, right? Uh, yeah. That's, that's the gag there. They have a very uh, uh, a gender-fluid look as a result in Pitch Black. Um, and then in here, they're just kind of the sexualized female character, you know? Yeah. And there's now there's also now like sexual tension between them and Riddick, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, okay, I'm glad it wasn't just me that felt that cuz no one seems to really bring that
1: up in this movie. I think it's because some people maybe only really they, they watched Riddick first and it, it it because it's a different actress, I think that does it a little bit, you know. And I yeah. almost wouldn't have this problem if it was a completely original character, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, it's worth mentioning that uh, the initial actress from Pitch Black, Rihanna Griffith, was... Um, uh, she, she wasn't asked to come back, but she auditioned to play the role in Chronicles of Riddick. Vin Diesel apparently backed her. And it just says that on here on, on the Wikipedia, Griffith was told she had to toughen up for the role. And I don't know who told her that. There's no link to that. Um, but that, it, despite you know, using the aid of a kickboxing trainer. Uh, she only had three weeks to prepare, and she didn't get the role because I guess they didn't think she was tough enough. Yeah. Now, I'm curious if it was tough enough or something else. Yes.
1: Um, yeah, I um, think that might be or what it is. Although, um, Griffith's Wikipedia page reads like, uh, she might have written it herself. No offense to the woman. Uh, yeah, who yeah. I'm sure is a fine person. Um, hasn't worked in a long time. And uh, I, you know, it's it's complicated uh yeah. why that happened it's a, it's just it's one of the things i brush up against a little bit with this movie um it's it's a, it's an odd choice um not mm-hmm. the worst but like a little odd um, especially especially as someone who every time i think because these were cable movies for me I, like i said and i watched them on cable a lot when they were on but i never really would like i i didn't have a part of me that was like now it's time to revisit the Chronicle of Riddick movies and then watch them both. This is probably the first time I've watched them both back-to-back ever, and it is a little jarring going from how the character is in Pitch Black to how the character is in Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. You know? I think these... It's just a little off... The actress, that's nothing against the actress, though. Um.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alexa Davalos also had a little stint on the series Angel that I really love. Her character not great in that show. Um, I'll say very wait, similar. Wait a minute.
1: Are you telling me that there was a female character that was portrayed um, in a not great way in a Joss Whedon TV show? Yes. <laughs> um, but he made Buffy. Could possibly do anything wrong in that regard? Look,
0: I. It was also, I believe, from from memory. Just just from memory, I think. The season that Whedon actually wasn't even on, um, but it's the se- it's season four, I believe, and many fans of the series know that that's the season where things get a little dicey quality-wise. I, a lot quality-wise. I realized he'd
1: even left for a season, but I have not seen Angel.
0: He left to finish off Buffy's last season, okay. um, and I don't think that saved the entire season.
1: <laughs> yeah, frankly, yeah.
0: not to give some fucking dickhead credit for even or
1: the show pulling
0: shit ever... together. Look, I still like I those shows. I,
1: I, it it, There's plenty
0: like... of people that worked on them yeah. who deserve credit too. But
1: enough people that like I respect, love Buffy. So like I just I, I I'm sure it's great. I just I came to it too late, you know. But yeah, and I watched yeah. it maybe 10 years earlier. I would be a champion of it too. But now yeah, it's... I
0: mean it's like it's like me and John Hughes stuff. You know, yeah. it's like I just can't do it now
1: <laughs> i've never liked john hughes though yeah i've never i've never been a john hughes guy yeah either. but also it's just that th- it's also that thing of like now for like we, we lived in like a decade of people talking like people did in buffy you know we were, oh yeah Birch yeah it's just Birch,
0: poison Birch. the well yeah
1: so it's like i never want to hear people talk like this ever again for the rest of my life uh, so
0: um guys riddick's right behind me isn't he exactly. like that kind of shit
1: yeah so it's not cute anymore. It's not cute anymore. Stop yeah. doing it.
0: Yeah. Uh, before we get to the rest of the cast, I will say that's something I always appreciate about these three movies. They don't have like a, a like a, a, self like satisfied sense of smugness. Yeah. They're not trying to be cute or quippy. Like Riddick saying badass lines and they fully believe that they're badass. Yeah. You know, even when they are like, very much not. But, yeah. um, I'm going to kill you with my teacup. I
1: can't, <laughs> you know, like the last time I smelled beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> which is
0: no. There's some fucking clunkers. It, no, it's
1: one where like, but it's because of the tone of this movie. Even the stuff that is clunky, you're also like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, it's no, like, like
0: I am into all of it. Yeah. I'm not criticizing yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. You're gonna kill him with that fucking teacup. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, when the fast movies were good, they had the same thing, right? Where yeah, it's my big problem with Fast X, where it feels like it was written by people who think the fans are morons and aren't in on the Aww. joke. Right. Like, no,
0: I haven't seen it yet because of your warnings <laughs> and many other people's warnings, but I always think of like Furious seven, which isn't a perfect movie, but maybe a perfect ending, you know? Yeah. But the final fight with uh, Statham and diesel, you know, he's like, you know, the thing about a street fight, the street always wins. <laughs> and then he fucking earth bends the, the parking structure or whatever
1: wow it's the best or something all right oh they were so good yeah, they were um, they were
0: uh carl uh, urban is also in this who is kind of like geek royalty yeah. at this point well this
1: is carl urban basically auditioning to play judge dread <laughs> <Like>, yeah <laughs> i mean that's another influence like one of those influences that like it almost never works is the like 2000 ad heavy metal style science fiction from the 80s you know like that stuff, yeah. it was really popular, and it just it never really works. That feels like a big influence on Riddick. Um, yeah. But Crawler, Urban he's really good in this as a the, as a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, a
0: little bit. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, no, yeah, yeah. We're I think we're far enough a move from people using cuck seriously that now we can start using it in a funny way. But
0: yeah, we'll... uh, Commander Cucko. I'm sorry, Vaco.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see we'll see because also people are seeming to feel that way about uh donald trump and we still got an election ahead of us people so oh yeah yeah might not be funny a year from now yeah um
0: fourth indictment at the time of this recording let's uh let's see if we can pump it up to five let's
1: pump it up let's keep going
0: although this one also came with an arrest warrant
1: so (laughs) that's cool this is amazing i know I, like, i'm not country. letting myself believe that he will face consequences but yeah because here's the god's honest <laughs> people i just want you to know like you gotta understand this if trump is so- trump does ever face consequences which even that is like slim but it's getting more likely every day that he will at least face some consequences right it won't be, like, executed in public square like some of us are hoping for, but... <laughs> not us
0: specifically. Not
1: a, no, not us at all. Not us. We're not hoping I
0: don't like want to say that.
1: ...full King Louis on us, but, uh... But, um... What is it? The Onion posted a headline. They seem to share it every time there's a new indictment that just says Trump executed. But... <laughs> <laughs> um...
0: If only... Well...
1: I'll I'll say this what I really I we talked about what we really want is Donald Trump opening fire on a crowd and then running into a sewer. <laughs> but uh that's very returns.
0: Oh okay I was like what
1: the thing went opened fire on that crowd ran jumped off a bridge into the sewer.
0: <laughs> See that's the problem with with that comparison which I have made multiple times too. Is that Dan DeVito penguin is so funny and gross and weird, and Donald Trump is just gross and like I want to like smash him with a hammer. Yeah, there's nothing. <laughs> I think there's he's nothing, an insect.
1: There's nothing redeeming about that guy. But um, no. But what was the point I was fucking making about Donald
0: I have Trump? No fucking idea.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He might even if he does face consequences, the the next Republican that gets nominated will pardon him. The next Republican oh. that we have will 100 percent pardon Donald Trump.
0: So yeah, like not to spend too much more time on this, but I've seen some people who are not from the United States, uh, believing that like, of course he's going to face consequences. Like, I really don't like this cynical attitude. And it's like, I get where that's coming from. Welcome to
1: America, fuckers.
0: (laughs) I I completely do. And I'm not even like angry with them for, for saying that and like upset at people being cynical. Like I've been there, you know? And Hey, I hope you are right. I really fucking do that is none how this country's worked. And there's really no evidence to suggest that he will face consequences for stuff that there is evidence for.
1: <laughs> no, 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 he hundred percent did what he did. And yeah. if any other person would do that, you would be executed, frankly. <laughs> like, you, yeah. Some of these things are treasonous. So yeah, <laughs> that, that's, it's considered that treason is considered a very bad thing, but, um, but because he's Donald Trump, Although if you read between the lines on all of this, not to be all conspiracy pilled on you, um, what it really feels like is uh, the, 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 the powers that be, not like the Illuminati, but like the military right and our intelligence agencies know that they can't trust Donald Trump in charge of those things ever again because he did such mm-hmm. a bad job. So they are f- quietly flexing. Trying to get him to stop run for reelect, stop running for re-election, right? Like that's what mm-hmm. it feels like. But hey, you know, it's fun to watch, though.
0: <laughs> I I need a win here, so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a little enjoyable to watch. Like, how many indictments is that now? Yeah. It's like, oh, I could almost fit them all in one hand. And
1: the funny thing know? about it is, again, reading between the lines, how many times he was given the opportunity to not get arrested. <laughs> that how many times the government came to him and be like, Look, just cooperate and nothing will happen and he just wouldn't do it. Like, that's really funny. Like they yeah. gave it's so funny that he's turned this into like, I'm a victim of a witch hunt when they've given him so many chances to not face consequences and his own so Just
0: stupid. do this thing and prove you're not a witch. It's that easy. We're not gonna we're not gonna indict you. He's like, well I don't wanna yeah, exactly. no, no no just do this and we're not gonna burn you at the stake. No. No, no, no. Just do that one thing. Just the one. You don't have to do anything else. Just the one thing.
1: No, I don't think I will. Okay. I will. All <laughs> right. I will give you I will say I have never read a book on witchcraft and it's like that's not what we asked. You got to you got to got to hand over all the documents, Donald. You're not just some. It's like, "Yeah, but you know, why should I? I was the president. I'm Donald Trump." <laughs> and, well,
0: who has still never said he was not Elected as the next president of the United States. And
1: so they're going to have to somehow prove in court that he didn't believe that. (laughs) Even though there's fucking... Didn't he send out, like, those uh,
0: things from, like, his private residence, like, still signed the president of the the United States, like, which is illegal? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, is that part of the indictment stuff? where's the
1: thing? Is that the problem is he's committed so many crimes as president that... It's, it's it really is a testament that he hasn't faced any co- consequences yet. Now, a big part of that is that a lot of our other politicians would have to face consequences as well, right? Like, he yeah. just... All our other politicians are better at hiding the crimes they commit than Donald Trump was. He j- who just did them out in the open. And now it's just like, it, it got to a tipping point. There, it is possible to be untouchable and commit too many crimes, apparently. <laughs> so... What a... Speaking
0: of treason... Tanzaway Newton. Yes. is the wife of Carl Urban in this and she's very much like a Lady Macbeth type in this.
1: 100%. That's why I, uh,
0: which I find so fascinating. This whole fun. angle of like political intrigue in this. <laughs> she's really camping it up too. No,
1: she's having a blast.
0: Oh yeah, it's Everyone so good.
1: in this seems to know what type of movie they're in, you know?
0: Especially Dame Judy Dench.
1: 100%. Who apparently uh, the story is Vin Diesel showed up at her dressing room with like a bunch of flowers, and was like, "Can you be in Chronicles of Riddick?" And she was like, "I would have done it anyway, but it was very nice."
0: (laughs) 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 Vin Diesel is a student of cinema. Is Judy Dench? He really is. is,
1: Yeah, no, no, he is. It's one of those things where, like, because he's named Vin Diesel and because he looks like that, uh, no one, no one thinks he's actually that smart about the industry, and he's actually pretty smart about the industry. Um, but you're something about judy dench is she ever bad no like is she, she seems to show up and do she does her job whenever she needs to and but the only one I'm thinking of obviously is like cats which is pretty bad um but but she's not
0: bad yeah she?
1: but like that no one could have saved that right
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: um what do you what are
0: you going to do? Or, uh, how could I forget? She was in Artemis Fowl.
1: Oh, yeah. I've never seen Artemis Fowl, though.
0: Um, oh, boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Didn't look very Every
0: good. Every streaming service gets the bright it deserves.
1: I guess. It looked really bad. Um.
0: Oh, um, boy, was it. As the Kenneth Brana defender, I'm like, you know what? I can't really touch this one. <laughs> she
1: seems to be just, like, Brana's person. Next. She's also in Belfast.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she's getting up there.
1: Um, so how about that? What's yeah. the new one? Um, A Haunting in Venice or whatever the fuck?
0: Yeah, it's like a full-on ghost story <laughs> now. It's like fuck it, do it. Yeah,
1: it is wild <laughs> we're like how much it's it's hysterical how bad the advertising was for Death on the Nile and how good the trailer was for A Haunting in Venice.
0: I know. Oh, you know what? There you go. That's another franchise that seems to be pivoting to like, let's just get this character and put him in situations.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that is you know. that is payroll. Like that is
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: in general. So they're they're changing the titles a little bit because I believe the story is called like the Halloween something, but uh, haunting in Venice works with their naming convention. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Looks, look. Looking forward to it. and fucking Tina Fabian in it is like wow, all right, let's do this. Like,
0: yeah, like how does that happen?
1: Yeah, Michelle Yao like right off an Oscar, right? So. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like this. What is the other franchise that also like has her in it that is like gonna totally waste her because it was before her Oscar win.
0: Uh well she wasn't in, in Shangxi. Um that counts. She
1: was that was before. She was oh, she was in Transformers Rise of the Beast. She voiced one of the oh. fucking things. Oh, okay. That doesn't count though. Yep, that's no, not, but I'm saying that's not is real. that is the movies that like they brought her in and they're now they're gonna waste her. Like they like they had no idea mm-hmm. they had an Oscar winner in their fucking movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: the yeah. other one is I think um Killers of the Flower Moon which has Brendan Fraser in it and they're definitely oh, in yeah. the trailer but you can tell that whatever deal they signed they're not allowed to say his name in the trailer right like that uh, so now they can't do a, with academy award winning uh actor Brendan Fraser in the trailers now they, yeah, well, they use his
0: I'm sure it's a smaller role anyway No no that's
1: fine but they would totally use it for advertising like they mm-hmm. they used McConaughey's name in Wolf of Wall Street, and he's only in, like, the first 20 minutes of that movie, like...
0: That's right, yeah. yeah you can yeah.
1: do that. Um, but... Oh, she's in Wicked. That's gonna be so bad.
0: Oh, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh? Yeah.
1: It's
0: like, her two, her two things
1: coming up are Wicked and Avatar 3 and 4, so...
0: Okay, well, she's got two good movies yeah. ahead of her. That's good to know. It's
1: As much as I am the guy who's like, I don't fucking give a flying fuck about way of water bullshit i am still looking forward to avatar 3 so yeah like i can't as much as i was down on that movie i cannot say there's nothing to them because clearly they keep bringing me back yeah i I still want them to actually be good one of these days i guess she's doing (laughs) a movie they are network or something called the tiger's apprentice based on an action adventure fantasy film um I mean, huh. uh, why not? Sure. yeah
0: I guess. Okay. Uh, other people are in Chronicles of Riddick. I just want to shout out. They're much smaller roles. Um, Nick Chinlund as Tomb. He's kind of like the main mercenary guy chasing Riddick for the first like half of the movie. He's uh, he's a lot of fun. He was like in Lethal Weapon three and like Con Air. He's
1: really fun. He feels a little bit like Discount Ron Perlman, <laughs> but
0: a little bit. Yeah, very but good in this. Uh, Linus Roche, who is a great actor. He's fucking, I mean, everyone saw Mandy and fell in love with his performance as, like, an ultimate creepy guy in that. <laughs> um, but he is terrific in that. Um, also in Find Me Guilty, by the oh. way. And he, he's Thomas Wayne in the Nolan Batman trilogy.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. Don't be afraid, Bruce. They, like, cleaned him up for that, because he's always playing, like, weaselly guys, it feels like.
0: Yeah, Nolan has a has a, a good eye for casting, which again, in hindsight, makes the Casey Affleck thing
1: even more unfortunate. Yeah. Other than um, he was like, I I need this guy to suck so bad, I'm willing to cast a criminal.
0: <laughs> I know.
1: It's not. An and excuse, to be fair, when he like... does
0: show up in the movie, the the fucking the, the oxygen did leave the theater for a second, is, but... but that was mostly because of the actual criminal.
1: Yeah. He's playing a guy who literally like murders people, like. Yeah, <laughs> he plays like the worst guy on the planet, but yeah, you know, interesting, interesting.
0: Yeah, um, Yorick van Wageningen. Do you know who that is? Who? He's that prisoner on crematoria, who's like, oh, like he's trying to give Riddick the <laughs> rundown. I know,
1: I know the movie, but like, what else has he been on?
0: Girl with the dragon tattoo remake, and he's the villain in Black Hat.
1: Oh my god, he's the rapist in *Girl with the Dragon Tattoo*. Yep. Oh my god, I, yeah, I don't know that guy's name at all. I just because I only know him from those two movies that you just mentioned.
0: No, he's a great actor. Also, unfortunate typecasting. Yeah. Um. Black Hat
1: <laughs> villain though might be one of my favorite villains. Like, where they just keep cutting to him with like fucking like keyboards around his neck as he like types in a password that destroys the world or whatever the fuck like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like uh, people are fucking slept on that. People that have discovered Black Hat later seem to have enjoyed it more than the I, initial wave of people. I do think that
1: saw it, it is the TV cut that does it, though. Like I think the theatrical cut kind of throws people a little.
0: Yeah, but um, I think I've told you already. But if people don't know, the director's cut will actually be available for release. Yes, but it's also just it delayed.
1: It just got delayed again. Oh, it did? What the fuck? Yeah, I mean, only like by like a month or two, but like, it still got delayed.
0: Yeah, but now it's not coming out in my birthday month, well, so that's a problem. I don't give
1: a fuck, but...
0: I give a fuck. I was gonna tweet everyone to buy it for me. He, yeah,
1: he looks like... This guy, he's a great character actor. I I think he just works in his home country more, maybe, but... um, yeah, he's a, I hope he gets a bigger career, because he's pretty good. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: he's re- He is great in Black Hat, so...
0: Yeah. And there, there's other people in the movie. They're not nearly as big. Um, but uh, the cast is totally game for what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I everyone's just so committed. I guess maybe I'm just not used to uh, people being so committed to something so ridiculously goofy. Like, I think this is maybe the nerdiest thing Vin Diesel's ever done. No, And I saw The Last Witch Hunter.
1: Yeah, 100%. But it also is just nerdy. It's one of the nerdiest movies ever made. Like... It really is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, can you yeah. think of like what's what's a what's an equivalently nerdy movie?
0: That's also like basically an original property. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, you can also if you want to do adaptation. I mean, here's what's another thing I think this is influenced by is like Warhammer 40K, right? Mm-hmm. And that right now has that kind of nerd stigma. Like you kind of need to be a little deep in the nerd trenches to understand Warhammer, right? Like. Yeah. You know, but it is getting a is it is it a movie, um, or is it a TV series?
0: It might be a TV series, but that's the cynic in me. I'm not. I'm not it, sure. But
1: it's Henry Cavill, one. right? Like,
0: oh, that's right. It, then it might be a movie. It might be a movie. Because so like, that, he, he wants to be a movie guy.
1: That feels like um, a little closer to like. I don't know. Like until then, that might make it go more mainstream. But like Warhammer feels like this equivalently narrated. Or hell, even fucking yeah. fantasy kind of has that vibe a little bit. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think maybe it has a little more appeal. Maybe if you go like a little deeper, like what's a, um, what's a deeper one?
0: I mean, the big one is actually related to a movie that came out this year, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh
1: yeah, Dungeons and Dragons still has that stigma. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's never been more popular. Arguably. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, there's still the stigma to it, and I think that's a reason why the movie didn't do that well, even though everyone who watches it's like, no, that was really fun, you know?
1: Although I think if a recent uh, video game is anything to go by, I don't know if you you know, there's a game that came out fairly recently. Um, For
0: Dungeons and Dragons? Yes. I did not know that.
1: What games have come out recently?
0: I, dude, I don't know. You don't know anything. Um, I don't. No, like wh- I don't know video game stuff anymore. It's like you told me about the Alien RPG yes, or whatever I was that came out. Surprised RTS not
1: uh, Heard of that?
0: I am so unplugged from video game stuff. Like I barely know right, well, here's, even here's Pokemon.
1: A here's a hint. It is referenced in. The Dungeons and Dragons movie.
0: Is it about those Red Witches or whatever? No, no. They, they mention
1: a city or a location. It's like, we could make a run for blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah, I got nothing. All the Gates. Oh, is, is that out. what that is? Yeah, it's, in,
1: it's set in the Forgotten Realms, Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And here's, here's the thing. I think part of the appeal of those is it doesn't say... Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, right? It doesn't even say mm-hmm. Forgotten Realms, Baldur's Gate. The series is just called Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah. So next time, don't call the movie Dungeons and Dragons. For for whatever reason, I know they think it has wide appeal. It doesn't. It mm-hmm. You call it something else. You call it Baldur's Gate, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you call it like Icewind Dale or Neverwinter Nights. Like They say Neverwinter like seven times in that fucking movie, which is another setting. And it's a series of video games that, again, they call those games Neverwinter Nights. They do not say Dungeons & Dragons anywhere on the cover. So, mm-hmm. um, that is the hint. There's, uh, there's, there's probably, you probably know a few series that, like, are popular that you don't realize are Dungeons & Dragons related. Like, probably this is how it is so i think that is the mistake and i also think it's the mistake of this movie this as much as i love the fact that there's a fucking movie out there called the chronicles of riddick it feels like it was a mistake calling this movie the chronicles of riddick
0: but also what else do you call it well, that's
1: the other thing i can't think of a better title because it would have to be something like the knife of the necromancer or necromongers or something like that right like yeah well, there's also
0: uh, the video game, Escape from Butcher Bay. Yeah, that's
1: a great title.
0: Yeah, it's a great title. It's a great yeah, video
1: it, game. It's all, it regularly makes the list of greatest video games of all time. <laughs> like, and I can't really argue with that, frankly. Yeah, it's, it's from, like, the peak stealth era, you know, like... Yeah. It was uh, really good, like... Which we kind of abandoned for a little bit. I think it's starting to make a comeback, but... Um, yeah, it's... Uh, there was going to be another video game and they just never... Oh no, there is another one called Assault. Or isn't that just a remake? No, it's a sequel to Butcher Bay. I've never played it. Um,
0: I've heard it's not as good. Yeah, it probably. Um, it, but
1: it, I, it came yeah. out... Anything that's like... That made that leap from the Xbox era to the Xbox 360 era, oh. there tended to be a downgrade in the quality. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, to complain about video game stuff again, Um, I really love the Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell games. And I do like... The more action-packed ones too, but they just completely lost the thread on the stealth stuff, and they were like, "We're gonna do Jason Bourne." Now. Yeah, to the point where they even recast uh, uh, Sam Fisher, the the lead of those games. Mm-hmm. Which, like, whatever. Like, not the sanctity of fucking Tom Clancy shit. Although Tom Clancy is a problematic face. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> um,
1: thankfully, he's also dead. So. Yes.
0: Yeah. And um. Dead for a while. But yeah, it's like they just couldn't keep up with that, and that's the evolution of that last this last era of video games where it's, like, it's got to be more action packs, it's got to be more accessible for everyone. Yep. It's, like, the whole Splinter Cell thing was it was a, a fucking secret, like, like a stealth game. Yeah. Like, you try to avoid the shooting.
1: <laughs> but that's, uh, I think, the, the recent success of Baldur's Gate 3 um, might, um, because it, there's a lot of talk about how that's catching the game industry off guard with how big that is right now, so... Ooh, but cool. but there's there's the problem where the big problem with the video game industry is that no matter how good a game like Baldur's Gate does they still want to chase the uh the the casino mechanic infinite money game over anything else, you know. Yeah. So they're like they they could all these companies could totally eke out a profit. Be totally fine making games like that forever, but they don't make enough money to for them to in in their opinion to justify giving resources, which is what sucks, but just to go back, I, it feels like the franchise, like, I should be like, you should watch the Chronicles of Riddick series. Like, that feels like where that title comes from. And instead, mm-hmm. it's the title of the middle entry in a franchise where one of the other movies is just called Riddick, and the other movie is Pitch Black. And Well, you know what? This is
0: a, uh, really quick, this is fascinating evolution of just how people receive these types of movies, or any movie franchise at all. No, 100%. It's like, yeah, Pitch Black, that's like a normal movie title from the 90s, right? Yeah. It's kind of obscure, kind of like you don't really know what it's about, but you know there's going to be an edge to it from that title alone. And then The Chronicles of Riddick, okay, big, epic, this is going to be a trilogy. And then by the time you get to 2013, everything is just like so fucking watered down, the title is just Riddick. Yeah. Every, everything needs to be immediately accessible. What is it about? It's Riddick. You seen the other ones? Nope, don't watch it. Yep. Uh, but people did watch it. so It did
1: do fairly well.
0: Yeah, again, just not a runaway hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's the best one. Mm-hmm. So
1: I'll have to rewatch it. I, I saw it once in theaters and liked it. I just, I, for whatever reason, I didn't revisit it. So
0: Yeah, definitely give it another shot. Uh, I think you'll like it. Um, I don't know if you'll like it more than Chronicles of Riddick, but... Riddick, I'm it might sure be nostalgia,
1: because I had a friend who really... It was weird. We both liked and didn't like the Chronicles of Riddick when we were younger. Because I think there's mm-hmm. that thing of... There's something captivating about it but there's also like I remember we both even like as as literal teenagers were like that the idea that you outrun a sunrise is the dumbest thing I've ever heard <laughs> which is a sequence in it but we, we found it engaging enough that we kept watching it like um, so we both liked it but like kind of were like we don't know if it's actually a good movie uh, we had a few of those where we I mean like yeah. I remember that movie Sahara I do. Which I don't know if that's actually a good movie, but we did watch it a bunch of times.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> that's another one we could totally do for the uh, failed, failed oh, film. Oh shit! Posters. Yeah. Uh, not sure if it's interesting enough. Other than I think Clive Custler being a bit of a maniac and like shit talking that movie before it came out. Uh, uh, Steve
0: Zahn's always great, and it's got Penelope Cruz. Can't go wrong. Can't go
1: that. wrong. Um, nope. Except it did, but uh, no. <laughs> it's that's a notorious bomb. Um, I'm trying to think of what else uh, I guess the other thing is that like, it is kind of, because of the way it's structured it is a bit, it does feel like a D&D campaign a little bit of like, here's what we're doing now, and now we're here and now we're here, like, it does it feels a little bit like, but it it works right, these aren't complaints yeah, yeah Yeah. Um, so, do you want
0: to say uh, you- which is also why you probably struggle to find a title for the Chronicles of Riddick yeah. movie but I think like, that only I think yeah. you only
1: struggle with it in retrospect like if they like i said if they called this movie like the dagger of the necromongers or whatever i think we would be like that that title is as playable as the chronicles of riddick they're both not great but we would be sitting here being like well what else do you call the movie (laughs) yeah
0: and again i do actually like the title chronicles of riddick i'm just trying to think like i'm putting the fucking Mm producer hat but, on yeah producer hat and also just like idiot.
1: when i want to put these movies on my goddamn shelf where do i put them <laughs> yeah.
0: the chronicles of riddick pitch black the chronicles of riddick the chronicles of riddick the chronicles of riddick <laughs> riddick
1: but i mean it says on the dvds i have it says pitch black no chronicles of riddick mentioned at all and then chronicles of riddick so they can't go next to each other on my shelf it's not alphabetical.
0: i mean they could it's not alphabetical. they could Oh my god! I might
1: have I might have bought the box set of the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy just so I could put it together on the shelf.
0: Yeah, that's probably better. So they got to do that for Riddick now.
1: Maybe. Uh, that's you know what I'll I'll wait till if they do a four K of them you know.
0: Yeah, I've been, I've been when going the through my
1: and being like, what do I want to own in like higher quality? And I just go like, all right, when when they finally announce a four K for that movie, I'll get it. So. Mm-hmm. Although didn't the Spider-Man 4Ks just come out and they kind of like fucked them up?
0: Yeah, it's some of the audio stuff.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and I have them, and it's a bummer. That's a,
1: that's a shame. So,
0: yeah, they, they, instead of like separating like the audio tracks, it kind of uh, just they they clearly just did a quick pass on all of it and kind of just blended them together yeah. instead of working on them individually. Um, and that sucks. I don't. I don't think they were uh overseen by the people that made the movies and if they were uh and i'm wrong then they made a mistake yeah. sorry yeah
1: hey someone out there direct me to a database that is comprehensive and comparing different versions of things like home video versions because there's there, the internet is getting harder to just google these things on so i usually the only way i usually know these things is through what people just randomly post and retweet onto my timeline on film Twitter. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah, like half the stuff I find out about, like what the fuck, and, and like a new video release, it's from Devin Scott who does the uh, How Would Lubich Do It podcast, yeah. and it's it's always very upsetting to see something get fucked up.
1: <laughs> so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe maybe it's time to start a new online database, since yeah, all have, have turned terrible in recent years. Yeah. Sure. But you want to talk about the ending of Chronicles of Ridiculous?
0: I do actually, because I think
1: that moment goes crazy hard. No, no, it is, <laughs> it is one of the best endings ever to a movie. No,
0: like. All right, so in the final showdown, right, you got Carl Urban and Tandaway Newton trying to angle to get uh, to take the throne of the Necromongers from the main antagonist. You got Vin Diesel basically just trying to avenge um, Kira. And Judy Dents, who's trying to pivot Riddick into, like, this messianic figurehead. And all these different things come to a head. They end up kind of colliding. And Vin Diesel is the guy who does a killing blow. Tandorway Newton goes full camp and, like, she does this great, like, no! And it's, oh, it's so good. Um, Riddick's heartbroken because Kira's been killed. He he leans back to, like, basically just, like, deal with the loss yeah. of everything he he's known in the franchise. He leans back into the throne. And so the necromongers all just assume he's taking a throne for himself. And they have this, like they established well, this, it's not, just, uh, it's, this it's not
1: just that they're assuming that. That is what their religion teaches.
0: Yeah. It, uh, it teaches like you keep what you kill. Yeah. Right? That's the saying? Yes. Um. <laughs> so he sits back in the chair, his hands in his head. And this is when Toei does come to play as a director. Like, I, I was kind of criticizing him a little bit for not really getting, like, the money shots or being very, like, I think like, they expansive. understood how
1: hard this ending goes. But uh-huh. they, they got it.
0: They pull back, they reveal Riddick sitting on the chair, on the throne, and the Necromongers all start bowing to him. And then you just get that close up where he goes, You keep what you kill. It's Chris. so good. <laughs> It's so good to the point where I'm like, what do you even do for another movie? Mm. And because this movie was a box office bomb, you basically have to go back to doing Pitch Black. Yeah. But that's okay.
1: (laughs) That's okay. It's still good. I promise. I do wish we could see Um, what the original plan was. I know. But... I
0: would love to interview David Toohey and Vin Diesel about it. Whoever
1: owns it. the rights, like whoever's got, like, because it's also where we're like, Pitch Black is like credited to like three other people, but they they kind of just wrote a film that was kind of an alien ripoff, mm-hmm. and then uh, Tui comes in and kind of puts Riddick into it. Um, yeah. so, but they those people still get credit for creating the character. Uh, mm-hmm. I wonder who owns the rights. Like, I wouldn't mind if they like tried to do like weir- more weird spin off stuff like they did with. Uh, the video games although it's funny i think even though those video, the first video game was great and i think it took people a while to admit it was great because no one wanted to admit a chronicles of riddick game was great you know
0: yeah i felt like that was
1: a bit of a slow burn in terms of people being like you know what that's actually pretty good and now now it's like recognize that i wouldn't mind if they kept trying to be like let's do riddick stuff here's a riddick Book here's a Riddick, you know comic. I don't want them to go full Star Wars crazy because what happens there is there ends up being too much, and then you can't keep mm-hmm. track of what the fuck is going on and the quality control really drops. Yeah, but if, if it's those two guys yeah, it's
0: just, like Vin Diesel and Tony, yeah, it's just
1: two And like you, you just like get like worker guys who like know what they're doing with genre stuff to work on it, just oversee it, and just put like maybe like one out every few years or something. I wouldn't. Mind yeah. it. I'd love to see it. So, so. um.
0: But yeah, I mean, I think the problem with that is just it didn't even make enough money to kind of warrant that approach, unfortunately. I mean, that video Um, game,
1: the second one does come like five years after this movie, so someone mm -hmm. still thought there was gas in the tank. And then we did eventually get rid of it, but that was after the fast boom that happened.
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, and I don't know how many people know this, but the reason Diesel's even in Tokyo Drift, not... Not just before he has to go back to Fast to kind of, like, unfortunately salvage his career cred a little bit, <laughs> but the reason he's in Tokyo Drift is he made a deal with Universal to get the rights to the Riddick character. Mm. He's he's the owner of the Riddick franchise now. That's
1: pretty cool, actually. That is. You know, like um, I, I don't know really how I feel about Vin Diesel, but, like, like what's really going on with that guy, because there seems to be a lot. <laughs> but that's pretty, that's honestly pretty cool, so... Yeah, Um, good for him. Yeah, and so
0: him and him and Toy then worked on uh, Riddick as a concept for a couple years. They eventually get like a a script going. Um, It it was one of those scripts that got like reviewed on those websites that used to review scripts, Mm -hmm. and it got like I I believe like heavily criticized. If I'm remembering properly, maybe I'm not. Maybe it was better received, but um, it it was it had to be back down to you Know, like the skeletal narrative of Pitch Black, mm-hmm. um, and Tully even assumed he was gonna have to do it like as an independent production, mm-hmm. like because they didn't think Universal was gonna release it. Um, they eventually do, uh, uh release Riddick, thankfully. I
1: mean, I think Universal they, again, was it, was, smart, it, was, it was like
0: a, basically an independent production, but
1: I do think Universal was smart enough to be like, who knows, Riddick could hit. Like, I think they understood, like, keep the budget low, maybe Riddick will hit better this time and like vin diesel's enough it's a name let's give it a shot like i think they understood that it was worth rolling those dice right
0: Mm -hmm. it had a had a budget of 38 million dollars and this is the most important thing i'm about to say i think about how committed these two are to making this franchise continue Mm -hmm. diesel had to mortgage his house get loans and spend personal money on the production of the film lord he said he had to leverage his house and if they didn't finish the film he'd be homeless.
1: Wow. Um that's interesting. Vin Diesel, uh, get a better money guy. <laughs> that shouldn't yeah. happen to you. <laughs> like I get like like you know, remember like the fucking Wachowski sisters had to like mortgage their house to fund like Cloud Atlas, right? Like that mm-hmm. makes sense unfortunately. Like I see where that's coming from. Uh Vin Diesel, you you shouldn't have to do that. You either should manage your money better, or you should have more money. <laughs> Someone's ripping you off somewhere. It might be yourself, but
0: I think I think in light of the Fast franchise taking off after that, because like Riddick comes out twenty thirteen, Fast Six is out the same year, a little earlier, I think. Um, and then there's been like five Fast movies since yeah. then. So I assume he's doing. That. I think he's okay now. <laughs> so. Um, if I had the leader, yeah. I would
1: be calling them up, being like, What's your number? Let's do another Riddick. I'll, f- I'll finance three Riddicks back to back.
0: I so The people do. are in the
1: streets chanting, Riddick, Riddick, Riddick.
0: Yeah. And then one guy in the corner, Richard B. Riddick. <laughs> Richard B. Riddick.
1: Yeah,
0: there's plans to do the fourth Riddick film. Uh, back in May 2020, Vin Diesel did an Instagram post where he talked about the pre-production has finally moved into the storyboarding phase. But that's Vin Diesel. And it would be like, rated that's R.
1: That's the thing about Vin Diesel, where he just says things all the time now, like, where you don't know what, he's, what he means.
0: So, uh-huh. No, no, no. You're right. I'm just reporting what, what is out there and that, and that was
1: right before the pandemic, so <laughs> things have probably shifted since then. Um, no, that was 2020.
0: So that's uh oh, still no, yeah. well, towards, still like I, I don't know where we how are now people
1: were like. I, I think that's still, uh, you know, we don't know how things are going right now with all that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But, uh, um. So
0: yeah, I, and I feel like now you know, would honestly
1: be a better time than before. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially because the Riddick stuff is lower budget, and I think it would honestly do better than Riddick and Pitch Black yeah. at this point. Because I think people are still discovering these films. Yeah, you'd
1: probably be right. We'll see what happens. Um, but what was I going to say? The uh, other thing is, I someone someone messaged me. Said, I'm pretty sure, though, as hard as this ending goes, and I love it, I'm pretty sure this it, they took this from a Conan the Barbarian story. I think there's a Conan story that ends this way.
0: I believe it that. It sounds
1: like they lifted it straight from Conan. So uh, <laughs> someone, someone let me know um, what's going on there.
0: Uh, and just to to Vin Diesel's self-marketing for his own franchise stuff, you know who else has a, a pretty good track record of doing stuff like that? Hmm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And now, you
1: know what, though? I might call you on that one. I don't know. I,
0: I didn't say successful. Yeah, well, he, I want that to be he, clear. Here's
1: the, I think because they're both egomaniacs, and they're both in a yes. addiction contest. Dwayne Johnson is trying to do what Vin Diesel did successfully, and vin mm. honestly is doing better than him in my opinion
0: yeah uh, i i would agree with that and again it's nothing against either guys but it, it does make me think of like all of those like hero villain conversations and movies and tv shows where they're like you know we're not so different you and i like i feel like vin diesel and the rock have had that conversation
1: yeah. and <laughs> you know? and and it will never happen because they're they're fucking weird about it but like dwayne johnson could totally show up as like a reluctant like co-lead of a Riddick film, like where he like he he's after Riddick, he hates him, but for some reason they have to team up. Like that's why that fast mm-hmm. film works. And Fast yeah. Five is like great because he's kind of the villain in it. And
0: he's the heel. Yeah, yeah. And
1: they don't they've never really been able to weaponize him since then. Um
0: but yeah, like that would be a great pitch. Like if if you did that, you came to Universal with that, they would give you like fifty million dollars mm-hmm. for that. Or maybe not now because because The Rock is uh, struggling.
1: Yeah, The Rock um, is uh, to, to make his box office stuff. The Rock um, was not smart as smart as Vin Diesel, and he's attached his face to the entire DC brand, which is still on fire.
0: Yeah, and but to be clear, to be clear, and I think this is only with the benefit of hindsight because Black Adam it didn't it didn't do very well, right? It has done better than every superhero release since, except for Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. 3. And I don't mean just necessarily box office, because I think Ant Man 3 made more technically, yeah. but Ant Man 3 also costs another like 150 million more mm-hmm. or whatever. And then the marketing of those things, like the Marvel stuff has to break billions of dollars every time. Yeah. And the fact that they're not anymore is bad for them. Black Adam might be the most financially successful DC movie until the James Gunn Superman movie. And maybe even that one won't be able to do it? Well, we it. gotta
1: see if uh, Aquaman has so legs. So it's, like, really weird. We have to see if Aquaman has legs. Cause...
0: Internationally, it will. I-, I think people forget, internationally is where Aquaman crushed. It did pretty good here. But internationally, it fucking just dominated.
1: But that was, like, such a surprise one, you know? Yeah. Um, we will We'll wait and see. Interesting, interesting yeah. era. It could be the perfect era for another... Not, not another Chronicles of Riddick, but another movie in that vein to somehow slip through the cracks and get made uh, yeah I would, I would love to yeah, see that'd that that'd be cool uh, but you never know so,
0: yeah you never know Matt Chronicles of Riddick so you'd recommend it
1: 100% now, yeah I would One too. where we both can kind of be like yes like where we, it, we're both in agreement and there's no reservation really like other than it's a mm-hmm. little clunky in how it tells the story but yes, there's a scene in this where they uh, they capture Riddick. They say kill him, and then the guys with guns think it would be a good idea to charge him with weapons instead. So yes, there are moments yeah. like that in this movie. <laughs> Just fucking ride it out. It's a good movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great time, especially if you love fucking like pulp sci-fi stuff. If you're a, if you're a genre head, I can't imagine you like bouncing off yeah, this movie. Exactly,
1: frankly. Especially if you like the yeah. Especially if you're into like the older pulpier stuff, it's a hundred percent up your alley. Yeah, give Riddick a shot. I think I think it has wide appeal. It definitely appeals uh, to the gay guy who works at my uh, DVD store where I go and get all my used DVDs.
0: Oh, cool! Uh, he
1: was like, "Oh my god, I love this," and so i've talking <laughs> about Riddick with him for a little bit.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: And and he was like, "I was kind of glad he didn't do those fast movies because then when he came back, it was even cooler." That guy's such a nerd, but he's great. <laughs> uh, he's the nicest guy. Like he talks with everyone who buys anything from that store.
0: Well, but see, Riddick brings people together. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: But uh, he loves... It's the all good. ...movies. Um, but...
0: Matt, do you know what else brings people together? What's the their ne- Our next movie? Our next movie! Heaven's Gate! Oh, boy! Yes! <laughs> I don't know if that brings people together. Oh, Heaven's
1: Gate. That's uh, That brings everyone together. I mean... Yeah. Another group called Heaven's Gate certainly brought people together, <laughs> but not...
0: Oh, whatever you mean We're not mean talking about that. them. We're
1: not talking about them. We're talking oh, about okay. the Western. <laughs> we're talking about the Western. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when you Google uh, Heaven's Gate to find a copy of it, make sure you go Heaven's Gate Western, because another thing will come up way earlier. Uh,
0: yeah, even on the Wikipedia page, Heaven's Gate Film, for the religious cults, Heaven's Gate <laughs> religious group in quotations. 100%. Or parentheses. 100%, um.
1: so...
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that makes sense with a uh, fucking... We, we're talking about Mike Metavoy here. Um, that's... It, Heaven's Gate a hundred percent gets made because Mike Metavoy left United Artists. That's that's what opened that window. So it's odd that we've been <laughs> making these connections to these movies over and over again.
0: Yeah, we thought this was going to be kind of a, a, a more chill... Boring retrospective, considering like the the movies we chose, but no, it has been consistently interesting to talk about a bunch of yeah. shit relating to the movies and often the movies themselves. Yes,
1: and I didn't go on a rant about furries this time. Thank you. <laughs> I was I couldn't remember if something like that if there was someone who was like furry adjacent in this movie, but it didn't happen. I forgot. I also no, those... brought it up on the uh, Final Fantasy episode, <laughs> so. I've been, reading a lot. The, the... I've been reading a lot of shit lately, people. So... Alright, there's the weird, like,
0: cat rock alien monsters. Oh, yeah,
1: but they're, like, more just monsters.
0: They're yeah. cool, though. Although but... Riddick, Riddick gets Oh, yeah,
1: there is that one moment where it's like, animals get it. Uh, or whatever.
0: No, he doesn't say that. What the no, he fuck? No, he's says like, <laughs> animals, <laughs> like, like... like, like,
1: like his, he says, like, it's an animal thing. That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's trying to be like, see, I'm like, it's like, he's an animal. Like... It's yeah. like they relate to me. So he probably has a persona. Uh,
0: I don't know about but... that. Um...
1: <laughs> there's no way I'll be able to bring it up in Heaven's Gate, so don't worry. Hey, you never know. I mean, you I guess. Know. Who knows? Maybe something happens between now and then where we have to discuss it.
0: What's Michael Cimino up to?
1: Um being dead. Yeah. So Yeah. Strange, strange character that Michael Chimino.
0: Yeah, all of those new Hollywood guys.
1: Yeah, but he's like definitely one. I don't even think the other new Hollywood guys liked him, which is something. Oh, why? Why not? Um, this, is, this is supposed to be a bit of an intense guy. <laughs> no. Um,
0: we'll talk really? about the, it. Really, the director of the Deer Hunters is an intense guy? Yeah, yeah,
1: you know. Hey, um, we'll talk about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah.
0: All right. Matt, thanks for listening. Or thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I was at a great time listening to this episode. Uh,
0: thanks for joining me. Um, links down here. I'm going to stop plugging our stuff. I'm just going to put it in the description so we don't have to plug everything all the time. Yeah. and cause, Until
1: we then, until we know what fertile ground we land on Hopefully <laughs> yeah. the next year. So, um,
0: I have officially started using the Discord and not just saying I'm going to start the, to use the Discord. So if you want to hang out, I'll put a link to that down below. Um, I don't know how Discord works, so if that's not how I get people involved in it, uh, I'll, I'll talk about how to get involved next time. I don't, I don't sure. know. Fucking... Matt and I are recording this over Discord now instead yeah, of we, Zoom. Yeah, we've moved
1: to Discord. We don't understand it in any capacity.
0: Yeah, like, oh, this morning I was like, yeah, I'm calling you right now. And I was like, wait, how the fuck do I call him? <laughs> like, I forgot. But, I'm just trying, think yeah, like,
1: my own section, I just keep trying to post stuff that I think are hints as to what we're going to be talking about on upcoming episodes, so. Um,
0: yeah. Alright, so check out all the stuff over there. Check out all of our stuff everywhere. Um, Blue Sky, links links down all below. It's It's all there. It's all uh, there. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. If you didn't like this episode, like and subscribe anyways, because you might find something you do like, like Chronicles of Riddick. All right. Goodbye, everyone. We have been professionally unprofessional.
1: Bye-bye now.